Welcome, everyone, to a brand new episode of Ian Hates Movies. My name is Ian. No Kelly on this episode. She's on the sidelines today. Filling in for her is none other than Gray Sorensen of the band Charlatan. You may remember when Gray did Ian Hates Movies when we discussed The Dark Tower. Now, this is part two of It. And that means not only talking the new movie, the 90s miniseries, but also book spoilers. I'm saying that right now so you're aware. And if it sounds like I'm rushing, I kind of am because this is a jam-packed episode. I think you're going to love it from start to finish. But let's start with a track off Charlatan's awesome album, Remarkable. Here's Instant Cult Classic.
All right, everyone, welcome back. This is a very special episode of Ian Hates Movies, and I would like everyone to give a warm <laughs> round of applause to Gray Sorensen of the band Charlatan. He is back, and we are talking it. Gray, how are you doing? I am here, and I am ready. I was about to say some other things, but <laughs> yeah, not. I just want to ask you right away, how was that great radio intro that I just did? It was great, and I think that um, me backing it up just improved it. So. Yes. Now, there was no way that we weren't going to get that synced up very, very nice. So, well done. Right. Gray, I am very happy to have you on the show again. I'm happy to be here, man. Awesome, man. And that's that's what I love. I love that we both enjoy talking movies and books. I don't know, man. It's actually a lot of fun doing this. I, I really enjoy this. <laughs> um, I don't know. I kind of enjoy the talking about this more than I do music. <laughs> See, that, to me, is a little crazy. It is crazy. I, I regretted it right <laughs> as I said it. I was like, nah, how about this? I like talking music, but I just, I don't like talking about my personal, it's kind of like when you go to the shrink and you're like, nah, I don't, can we talk about your life instead? Right. I would learn a lot <laughs> more just from learning about your mistakes. Right. <laughs> That's exactly right. And look, the motto for the show should be Ian Hates Movies, I instantly regret that I said that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Let me preface this for everyone out there. So we did a part one where normal co-host Kelly and I went ahead and we talked the new It movie as well as the miniseries. And I really held back from talking about the book because I didn't want to spoil it for anyone. And I did mention at the beginning of the show, and I'm sure, Gray, you probably saw this online, but... When everyone was complaining that when they did confirm there would be the sequel, people were like, oh, no, well, we have to wait until 2019 to find out what happens. Right. And Stephen King, you know, sent out that tweet that it said, hey, you know, I'm just saying you can read the book. <laughs> exactly. So with Kelly, who also hasn't read the book, I did not want to ruin things for people. So we just talked movies. But this one, this will be movies and book. And that way, people kind of get a whole rounded view of everything we can possibly talk about. And if people have listened to the past episodes, they know that both shows you've been on, music and movies, we have talked about it in both of those. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I was little side note. I think that we should start a new show, you and I, and it could just be called Ian Can't Read. I like that. <laughs> and, then, and then we'll just talk about books the whole time. What I think would be great is just since you read way more than I do because I am just stuck doing these podcasts all the time and I love doing them. I hate all the editing and all that kind of stuff that goes into them, the marketing and all that bullshit. But yeah, I'm sure maybe we should just have a show where you read a book a week or whatever, like you said, you have been able to do in the past. And then you just come on the show and it's a book I haven't read and you just explain the book to me. Deal. Have you read Nosferatu yet? I have not. Okay, we can do that one first. <laughs> See, there we go. And I'll just make predictions or jokes just based on what you're talking about. Exactly, dude. I think that's a billion dollar idea. You know what? That whole making money off of podcasts, that's a great idea in general. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? They should, they should make it so you can make money off of music too. Yes, that is a great idea. Man, right. we just have so many great ideas. Yeah, that's my problem, man. I'm an ideas guy. Execution is kind of, eh. 
Yeah, we have to bring in someone else to do the execution part. <laughs> right. That is very true. But man, I am extremely excited to talk about this. And I do want to bring up something really quick too. Mm-hmm. What's weird to me, the way I think about this, is when I think about, I'm talking miniseries, new movie, and book. I don't know if it happens for you as well, but I basically almost have five different forms of all the different characters in my head. Uh, that's Yeah, that's strange, huh? I was wondering why you said five, and then I was thinking, oh, the adults. Yeah, Okay. we just don't know who yeah. those adults are yet. So yeah, it's, right. it's very strange, and I know that's a big problem people often have with reading a book first and then seeing the movie, because you already have in your head, based on how good that author is, you have an right. idea of what they should look like or what you think they look like. Then, for it anyways, we have a miniseries, then we now have the new movie, and they're all really different characters right yeah i I do have to preface too uh i told you that i would watch the old one again yeah yeah and i did but i totally dozed off (laughs) (laughs) like off and on so there's gonna be parts that i'm gonna be like oh yeah if you do talk about that right and look so we don't have to go scene by scene with that one i think the main thing about that miniseries is what i enjoyed about it was I think it did, even though it was a made-for-TV miniseries, I think it captured the emotion of the book. Mm -hmm. At least for me. What are your feelings on that? Yeah, I think that that the pacing in the miniseries was really good. Like, uh, maybe not so much the emotion for me, but the, the timing of it and the way that it moved from scene to scene, it was more like the book. It was more uh i guess just relatable i or right yeah i would say it's more comparable almost right yeah that's the word i shouldn't have said relatable comparable is the right word i think relatable honestly i think that works as well it's just one of those things where it almost followed the narrative of the book more closely because you had the switch off right you know kids to adults back and forth so yes they had to leave a lot out because it was made for tv but in general the flow was way more similar to the book than this new movie is. Yeah, and it was almost even just because of the way that they used to film things back then, you know, like pacing was slow. Yes. And, I mean, Stephen King books, they are slow. I mean, they're not Tolkien by any means, but they're, <laughs> you know, he takes his time. He lets you develop with the characters. Very true. That And that's what King is so great at. He's great Mm -hmm. at character development. I mean, I don't know if you read The Stand. I don't know if you read the extended version. I just read it. The entire extended version? Yeah. Actually, I read it right after we talked about The Dark Tower. Oh, very nice. Well, then you know a lot of that extra part is Mm -hmm. a lot of the council people in the new town, like, making amendments and, like, trying to follow laws and stuff like that. You don't need all that stuff in there. No, but it's... But it's nice, you know, it's like, I don't know, it's like the deleted scenes, you know? No, very true. And I guess that's a question, too. With the huge success of this movie, do you think that now more of Stephen King's miniseries like Storm of the Century or The Stand or Rose Red or any of the other ones that they've done, do you think that has the possibility of being remade as a movie like this? I, I would say so. And mainly not even because of the movie. Maybe just, I'm talking about TV series, right? Sure. So um, I just picked up uh, Mr. Mercedes. I have because, read that, yes. Because I heard 
Well, my brother-in-law told me <laughs> he's the one that got me into Stephen King. So I reference him a lot when it comes to Stephen King. Oh, sure. Um, but I guess there is a TV series about Mr. Mercedes right now. And yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's like it's on something weird like AT&T or something like some weird network. Oh, really? OK. But I guess it's just fucking epic. See, that doesn't make much sense because and I'll tell you this. I hate that book. Really? Yes. And I, I won't spoil anything. But to me, that book is a long episode of Law and Order. Uh, OK. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because of like the detective shit or something. I don't know much about it. Well, you'll get into it. And let me know, please, when you're all done, because I didn't even go into the sequel because I didn't like that book so much. Really? Yeah. OK. Hmm. Two very different ideas about <laughs> what the book is. It's very true, and I know some people like it. My friend also likes it, and then he read the sequel, and he told me about that, and he was like, eh, I don't know anymore. But it's just one of those things where I just did not connect with that book whatsoever. Hmm. Well, let me let me just say this and why I was excited for it. Absolutely. is because uh, I guess in the series, like, you know, there's those Stephen King parts that you can't leave in, like for movies or TV or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> and like just this, the the crazy shit. And I guess this show goes into the crazy shit. Oh, and I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about then, too. OK. Yeah. Like the, the setup of the book. So I, I have had that spoiled for me. Interesting. You know, wow. The setup of the story and why it's called Mr. Mercedes. Right, right. right. Like, I guess they do that. And it's like all out interesting okay well i am happy about that for sure i just wish they would do it with another book right and well i hopefully this makes it so they do yes that's true i mean you know i still need to watch the mist on spike i haven't had a chance to watch that yet so i have to see if they pull they make that, that on a tv show yeah just recently Whoa. yeah it was on like two months ago see i haven't even read that one that's one i'm that's well it's not on the top of my list but it's on there it's not bad I actually like that, and I think the movie actually, the original movie, actually improved on the ending. Hmm. Yeah, which okay. doesn't often happen. Yeah. See, there's a lot of Stephen King like books that got turned into movies that I watched the movies, and then now that I have started reading, I'm going, damn, I need to watch or read the books, then watch those movies again. Like The Shining. Yes. You know? Absolutely. I never read The Shining. That one's probably number one on my list of next. That's a great book, and... I'll tell you this, too, and we might have mentioned this before. I really like the sequel, Dr. Sleep, a lot, too. Uh, maybe we did talk about that, but I'm not quite sure on what all that's all about. Oh, no, it's the kid, right? Once you're done with The Shining and you have to read the book, you can't see the movie and then go into Dr. Sleep because they don't match up. You have to actually uh, okay. read the book. Yeah. Okay. But it's worth it. I swear, I, I'm really hoping they actually make that into a movie. Cool. It'll be tough, though. That'll be really yeah. tough because the iconic viewing that everyone's done for The Shining is the Kubrick film and not the one that Stephen King put on TV. I see. I didn't even know there was a difference there. I didn't even know that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm new to Stephen King. I mean, I've read a couple of his books, but I'm, I'm fairly new. I'll tell you this then, just in case you didn't know this part, and you might yeah. already know this, but Stephen King hates the Stanley Kubrick version of The Shining because 
Kubrick changed a lot of what was in the book. The entire ending is completely different than Stephen King's book. See, you know, I did know that, but I don't know what the actual ending is. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. I don't want to ruin that for anyone else. I mean, they're expecting, yeah. you know, it spoilers, not that. So I don't want to ruin that. But yeah, they are very, very different. So that's why you can't really work off a doctor's sleep from that. Right. But side story, man, I love going on tangents. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> we always do that. That's very true. <laughs> yep. We go on big ones. Well, look, you're going to have to tell me about Mr. Mercedes and what you think of it. When you do have time, I would recommend Revival. That, yeah. Well, see, I was in the bookstore and I had Revival and Mr. Mercedes in my hands. And I was trying to decide which one to get. And I ended up going with uh, Lullaby by oh. Chuck Palahniuk. Gotcha. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like a good Chuck Palahniuk book as much as the next guy. So, Oh, dude, I love him. I, here's another tangent, but yep. just so people like, I don't know, maybe I'm just some bro or something, but that guy, <laughs> the way he writes is the closest I've ever came to like hearing other people say what my mind is like. Like, okay. My mind works exactly the way he writes. It's, it's just amazing in my opinion. Like, is it based on, so do you completely relate to Fight Club, but not to Choke? Like, how different is it? Because the way he writes is, like, didn't he have a recent one out, like, called Pygmy or something? I haven't gotten to that one yet. He writes like he's a caveman or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's something really, really weird. I might even have that a little off, but I have it in my stack of books, and I just haven't started yet, but I was, like, flipping through. I was like, wait a second, this is a really weird way of writing. I I would say that... The, the way I compare it, it's not even which books I relate to. Mm-hmm. Mainly, for one, it's the nihilism. Sure. And just, like, all the dark shit that he can put in there. Absolutely. With the contrast of, like, uh, the happy-go-lucky, just weird shit. Right. But mainly, it's it's the conversations that happen in the scene. Yeah. Like, any given scene in his books, there's one person talking, and... There's like another person that's in the conversation, but they're talking to themselves. Everybody talks to themselves in his books right. the way like is how I view it. Yeah, and that's right. the one person will go off into the corner and then c- come back and be like, so I put it this way. <laughs> Say uh, I'm having a conversation right here with you about it. Right. Okay. And then there's a third person listening and in the background, they just go, God, do you see that car? And then, so we keep this conversation going and she, and then the other person goes, yeah, I mean, look at that car. I think that headlights out. And then we're having the conversation and that person goes over and looks at the car and then the book will go over into that person's mind. And the guy's like, God, look at this. Who would drive this piece of shit? Then it comes back over to us talking about it. Right. And then the other person comes in and interrupts the conversation again. And I like, that's the way my mind goes constantly. <laughs> it's just having its own dialogue with itself like 24-7. That is a great way to explain it, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's that it's the closest. And then just like, I don't know, it's always the last 20 pages. He's got like short books. Yeah. And there's something just fucking mind-blowing. You know, like everybody I'm sure has seen Fight Club. Right. And where, you know, he finds out that, the guy is him and you're dun, like dun, dun. <laughs> you know or in lullaby i don't really want to spoil that one but i'll just say like shattered ice baby ah okay and, and i haven't read like, that one yet either 
Okay. Well, hopefully I didn't spoil it for you if you do. It's it's completely fine. I never get worried about that stuff. For me, probably my favorite book of his still is Choke. Oh, Choke was so good. Yeah, because it's so <laughs> fucked up. It's so fucked up. See, and that's what I'm talking about when he's sitting there going, no, I understand. I am this guy, you know? Yep. And then the other lady comes in and is like, um... Ixnay on the Isis J, you know, <laughs> Yep. fucking like that shit. Oh my God. It, it blows my mind. No, absolutely. No, I think you, you described it pretty well there. Yeah. You definitely did. Every time I finish one of his books, I always end up, cause I like to, to finish a book mm-hmm. while I drink a glass of whiskey and have a cigarette. There you go. And I like to do all three of those things and finish on the last page. <laughs> so I try and time <laughs> it out. And so I'll get it, I'll get done with the book and I'll walk inside and Jessica, my girlfriend, she'll be looking at me like, what's the matter? And I'll be like, he did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you say that, I picture you on like a hammock and you're just Uh, swinging there. No, that's not it. (laughs) The the, the hammock, I've tried it on the hammock. Yeah, yeah. But there's no place to put your drink. Ah, see, I just figured you had like a table just right there. (laughs) No, no, normally it's. On either cement or wood steps. Okay. Yeah. That's classic old school. Yeah. Very nice. It works for me. It doesn't work for my back, but it works for me. Exactly. Well, to move it back to what we were talking about yeah, before, let's get just back into a, it. kind of a little bit. When did you read it for the first time? Um, I found out that they were doing the movie. Um, I would say uh, April. Wait, April. What? When we had our first conversation? Yeah. Did you find out on the show? That they were doing it movie because we did talk about that. That might be a possibility because we did that in April. It was after Remarkable came out. Yeah, it was either right before or directly after we had that first conversation. All right. Because I had just finished the Dark Tower series. Right. And we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. And once again, you know, I know a lot of people scoff and, you know, people write articles about it. It's like, oh, it's 1,200 pages. It's a long book. But that's one of those <laughs> books. I never got tired reading, and I don't know about yourself. No, I, there, I was late many times to work. Yes, reading that book. I even listened to the audiobook where Stephen Weber does the entire narration. And was it good? So good. <laughs> it was so good, and I, I don't know. Look, I loved Wings before, and then Stephen Weber also was cast as the Jack Nicholson character in The Shining, the Stephen King version. That's what I also oh. remember. So to <laughs> me, it's like he's got this connection to King that he really loves the material, and it comes out in that audiobook as well. So I would definitely recommend that to people. If for some reason you know you can't sit down and read a you know 1,200-page book, get the audiobook. It's a long audiobook, but you can put it on off and on. You know, Right. Yeah, it, audiobooks are good because I always find myself wanting to reread books. Yeah. So I just go with the audio versions on those. Like, I've listened to Atlas Shrug at least one and a half times. Right. <laughs> and that's a long one to go through. <laughs> that one's long. That one takes, if you listen for eight hours a day every day, I think it takes like a week and a half. Wow. Yeah. Damn. That and the Fountainhead. Yeah, that's a long one too. Wow. Yeah. We talk about Stephen King like it's long, but those are really, really long. Right. Those are epic, too, though. Yeah. In my opinion. No, no. That's very true. And I still have to read some of those based on your recommendations. I just have not had time yet. Right. But I am getting to those. I'm just making a list out of every show that you do. I just write a list of books. <laughs> of all the books, to... I yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, add Nosferatu to it. Yes. Joe Hill, okay. his son. It's so good. By the way, I mean, you did bring up his son, and I did want to mention this. So by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be right around that time. I am coming back early from a work trip because I am going to see Stephen King live again. Oh, nice. Yep, and he's with his son. Apparently, they've written a new book. It's called, like, Beauties of Something. Yeah, I saw it just barely in the bookstore or something like that. I have no idea what it's about, but by buying a ticket to the event, you get the book for free. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, it's a win-win, and this is actually my third time seeing Stephen King live, and this time again, the second time in a row now, it's in a church. Oh, wow. And there's something... That's cool. Yeah, there's something cool about that, about Stephen King being in a place that he constantly makes fun of and ridicules and also has a lot of redemption in it. Right. Yeah, that's a a dichotomy of that's really crazy. Yeah. Anyways, once again, another tangent... (laughs) (laughs) we'll get to it guys chill out man this is ian can't read podcast we changed it i changed changed it it. yep hey look i will go with whatever you're saying there let's just make sure we tell people do not make any type of drinking game where if we go off on tangents you drink that would (laughs) be yeah you'll get fucked up yeah you will die don't do do not listen to this podcast and drive yeah it's also true (laughs) true. (laughs) if you're playing that game i should say yes only if you're doing it. Otherwise, you know, take your car out. Enjoy yourself. Yeah, wear your seatbelt. That's all. Idea. Yeah, and no cell phones and no texting, right? I think right. some podcasts I said, please use your cell phone and text. I think I was mad that day. So <laughs> I had to go back and say, ah, maybe you shouldn't do that. How about this? Listen responsibly. Perfect motto for the show. There we go. Now we can officially start. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, we are back it is Ian. It's Ian can't read with Gray Sorensen. Yep. Oh, fuck. it's Ian can't read and Gray can't read well. I love it. I absolutely love it. I would like to say too, by the way, it is awesome that you're reading these books so close to when we're doing the shows. Yeah, I I'm I'm loving it. Yeah, because for me, it's been years since I've literally read the book. I've gone back, you know, and you kind of flip through a couple chapters or something like that. Or I, you know, I listen to the audiobook, but I haven't read it front to back in years. Yeah, it's I don't know. It just so happened that I got into Stephen King at the right time, you know. Very true. And actually found this podcast at the right time, too, so I can sit here and bullshit about it. That is very true. That is absolutely true. And you have tons more books that you get to read from Stephen King's. Well, I mean, I do. And I started early. Right. He never stops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just listened to his uh, On Writing. Oh, it's and great, right? That book actually, like, I don't know, it's almost changed the way I do ev- everything creatively. Wow. In a sense. Yeah. What part of it really got you? Because I also read that book as well. Um, the part where he says uh, the way he writes a book is one word at a time. Right. Um, I just I have all these ideas that I consider epic and I'm sitting there trying to plan everything out. And what do I want this to represent? And what I mean, and it's great to do that. But so now I live on this parallel that I just, you know, I cross from one path to the other constantly. The big plan and then the just give it all up and let let the words take over, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, and it's it seems like that's really simple stuff. It seems like that's stuff you should know and already kind of follow. 
but the way he does it to hear it from him and to know that that's how he's made these masterpieces right. it just takes it to another level yeah it's 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 a great overlooked piece of advice very true so when did you actually see the new movie uh i saw it friday last friday so you were able to wait a little bit yeah well out of necessity really was it that bad you just had way too much shit going on yeah i I had a wedding to go to and then i went down and played a poker tournament with my dad in mesquite (laughs) nice (laughs) no i lost oh okay (laughs) it wasn't a big one it was just one of the like every weekend tournaments and but i did better than i thought for my second tournament i did all right oh okay is that something you like to follow as well what what's that going and doing tournaments when you can like are you actually a card player um i love it a lot Mm -hmm. i mean I could sit there and play card. Well, in a casino, I could. I yeah. couldn't do it with friends, but uh, I do really enjoy it. I have to like stay away from any place that allows me to gamble. <laughs> I have a very addictive personality. Right, right. You can gamble and smoke openly. Right. Honestly, <laughs> that's one of my. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you this, but like for a long time, one of my goals in life is just like I don't know. Like some people have that car that they look forward to or whatever, sure. right? Like, okay, once I do this, then I'll be able to get that car. Or once I be able to do this, I will be this person in society or whatever. I just want to get to the point to where I'm so known that I can smoke anywhere. (laughs) And no one will fuck with me. You're looking to be Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson, Hunter S. Thompson. I just want to be one of those guys. (laughs) Where it's like, no, he's so crazy, don't try and stop him. Yeah, that's a classic goal, though. That's... That's an old school, old fashioned type goal. Yeah. By the time I get there, I'll probably quit smoking by then too. Right. Or either die of it. I don't know. Don't smoke, kids. There you see, look at this. We're still learning things. Right. (laughs) Well, you know what? Yeah. I want to run something by you because you are a smoker. Okay. So you see all the shitty commercials that are on TV for all the anti smoking, right? Mm -hmm. They make me want to smoke a cigarette. Exactly. I have never smoked a cigarette. All those commercials make me want to smoke. It's just showing me there has to be something to it. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure that those are funded by the Philip Morris company. It's completely possible. If it has that effect on me, I would think that it would. I'm pretty sure. Google it. I think that it is. Not you, but just somebody listening. Google it. Email us. I'm pretty sure that those are ran by the Philip Morris company. It's completely possible. I know they have to fund as like charity work. I think they Uh have to fund some of that stuff. The question is, are they really in control of what they're actually talking about? I guess that would be the question. I would bet that it's, I don't know. I think the smokers law or the the tobacco lobby is a thing. Oh, yeah. I'm not mistaken on that. That's for sure. But I will say those commercials aside, though, obviously they're not working. And I wouldn't say that anything they have right now works. But I will tell you the one thing that I thought they actually had right. And they probably mm-hmm. showed these commercials like a year ago. It was whatever commercial they had where they had people at a party, like you know, teenagers at a party on Tinder. And they were uh-huh. swiping around. And if they saw someone with a cigarette, they would swipe X so that you're uh-huh. like, ooh, a smoker. I don't want it. And I think that was the absolute best quality commercial they've ever done. And that's what they should focus on. They should only focus on telling teenagers that if you smoke, you are basically limited to any other person who smokes. Right. You won't get laid. Yes. 
That is the absolute yeah. because you're not going to stop anyone your age from smoking. Right. Right. Those commercials are not going to work. But for a teenager who's growing up, who, if you're a guy, you don't really have a wide range of women that you're going to be able to sleep with that young. Tell them right. don't start smoking because that even limits the ones you can have sex with. <laughs> right. I mean, that's why I started smoking. I wasn't getting laid. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, just joking, but we're revolutionizing this entire <laughs> right. system. Yeah, you're <laughs> on to something there. That's another billion dollar idea. Man, we're having so many great ideas. Damn it. Billion dollar loss idea, probably, to the tobacco industry. Well, that's probably, yes, that is true. But to the sex industry, way up. Mm, way, right. way up. Pun intended. Maybe it's bad for the porn industry, though. Who knows? Isn't just regular you're life up, now? You're fucking up industries, man. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I think Snapchat and phones in general have ruined the porn industry because everyone thinks they can be a porn star now. Right. So. I mean, I, I went <laughs> to one strip club and I was like, fuck, I could do this. <laughs> All I need to do is start running, you know, do a couple ab crunches. Yeah. I might be able to do this shit. Get that cardio going and you're fine. Like take a couple like those classes, those pole classes, right. and you'll be all fine. <laughs> Except I don't think that it's the stripper thing or the porn thing. I think what it is is the private parties. That's the industry I need to get into. I'm sure some shit goes down in those though. Oh yeah. <laughs> you'll have enough yeah, stories I've, there for a book. I've seen some things. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I've heard your music. I've seen music videos. <laughs> oh. oh, fuck. All right. It, right? Something. It. Right. I think. <laughs> well, so you were able to wait. Well, you weren't. You had to wait because of the wedding, because of everything else that was going on. Did anyone hype up the movie too much for you? Did you, you know, read into it a little bit? Like, what did you think going into it? The only thing I was thinking is that. There was a lot of people that I know that didn't read the book that saw the movie that told me it was terrifying. Okay. And I'm already such a bitch when it comes to scary movies. Are you really? Like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I am such a bitch. I, it was, it all started when I watched the ring when I was like 10, nine years old. Right. And I just scary movies. I was like, why would I do this? I don't want to fucking do this. You know, like be scared. There's no fun in being scared. That is true. Like that's the opposite of fun. And literally, yeah. So I was, I was actually really nervous that this was going to be scary. Okay. All right. Um, I will say because I read the book, I wasn't scared, but my girlfriend told me three times throughout the movie, or she, she leaned over and said, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> she got scared. Okay. I'll tell you when I saw the movie in the theater, there was a girl sitting right in front of me who with her boyfriend, she was putting her hands out to the screen in front of her face to shield herself <laughs> from Pennywise. <laughs> oh, wow. Was it that bad for you and your girlfriend? Uh, not for me. Okay. And I don't think she was putting her hands in front of her face, but she definitely, uh, she was stiff the whole time. Wow. Like, yeah, I, I don't even think it was, well, I got to say too, we drank quite a bit before we went to the movie. <laughs> <laughs> and... So maybe she could have been buzzed. Right. Uh, maybe she could have been drunk. Who knows? Or I, I think it was that. Plus, it was it was more the psychological part of it, I think, that really fucked with her. Okay. And I can Which, see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just glad she hasn't read the book. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would scare the fuck out of her. 
yeah, she told me she's like, cause we got done at like, uh, one in the morning or something. Mm-hmm. And on the drive home, she's like, uh, don't go pee in the middle of the night. Don't get up in the middle of the night. Um, unless you wake me up. <laughs> yeah. It, it really fucked with her psyche. Wow. It did Tyler's too. My guitar player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was telling me that the next day he's like, there was just parts of that that really fucked me up. And I got to say, there was at least one part that fucked me up, like psychologically. Just go into that. I got to hear that. Okay. <laughs> so unlike, and this is a spoiler again, remember people. Yeah, we are spoiling so, everything. Just remember when you read about the child orgy, okay? Oh, I remember fondly. And <laughs> yeah, and you're going, what the fuck? Like, cause you have to think of the things as they happen, right? Like as you read the words, the, the images in your head. Right. So, I mean, this is really fucked up. I don't even like saying it, but <laughs> like when they're at the watering hole. Oh, I thought, and, wow. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Like when they're at the watering hole and they, they like, they made that little girl like a woman, you right. know, like they made you feel like a kid. Right. Right. When when you're a 12 year old kid and you wanted to bone other 12 year old kids. (laughs) But that's exactly how I feel. I will tell you this. Maybe this will I don't know. Maybe this will comfort you. Not exactly Mm -hmm. sure. But at the end of the movie, when I went back, I went on Google the and I forget what her name is now. But I looked Mm -hmm. her up because I was like, wait a second. They didn't really do that. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's what exactly. I was like, they wouldn't do that to someone who was under 18, right? She's 15. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, movie magic makes people look younger. You know, normally they'll cast someone older for something like Mm -hmm. that. But no, she's 15. Yeah, dude. So it's weird. But I mean, imagine that. Yeah, it's not that I was like sitting there jerking (laughs) off in a movie theater or anything. That's why your girlfriend was so scared. Right. She's like, why am I here? You're doing it yourself. (laughs) No, that's, ah, see, I see, I feel so fucked up just even talking about this. But it's true because you read it when you were older. I read it when I was young. So I was looking at it as this was actually a girl who was older than me doing the things that she does in the book. So seeing it now, you know, older like I am and seeing this movie, it does transport you back to what you're supposed to be feeling in that situation, which is at that time, you're part of the losers club. You're their eighth member. I mean, that's the way it's written is you want to be a part of that club and not just because of what happens, you know, with her in the book, but you're supposed to want to be in this friendship group that is fighting this evil presence who, you know, you have the ability to beat if you're one with them. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. So I don't think that you're off base with what you're saying. I think you're just being very honest, which is not what a normal review like in the Times would say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Try writing that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The casting of her was really good. And I think because of her looks, man. Yeah, because she could look like a boy. Yes. Like she could she could look like a little tomboy. She could look like a kid, but they also made her look like an adult. Well, she flirted with an adult at one point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
and we'll probably talk. We might as well talk about it now. Yeah. The thing that I was thinking when she came on screen was at first I thought, wait a second, I'm not sure I like this casting. And not because, you know, she's supposed to be attractive, but because she looked at that time older, especially to Ben. She looks way older than Ben. But we're forgetting that girls do mature quicker at that time in life. So she would be taller than most of them. She would look more adult than most of them. So I thought I kind of changed my opinion on the casting on that. And then because they can't do the child orgy, you know, and I don't care what anyone says listening, whether they should or should not. I don't give a shit. It was in the book. Right. And it meant something in the book. Well, other people would argue maybe it shouldn't be written. And to those people, I just say, fuck yourself. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Don't even listen to the show. Like, go fuck yeah. yourself and leave. End it now. Yeah, seriously. I'll go off on a tangent about just how you should fuck yourself. <laughs> and <laughs> I would record that tangent, and that would be the opening of the show. Right. You're just going to, it's just going to be, the whole podcast is me going, you should fuck yourself, and the, and then you're going to isolate me saying, that 15-year-old was fucking hot. <laughs> I was going to save that as a surprise for the next time you're on the show. But yes, that (laughs) was the plan. No, but it's just one of those things where in that moment, too, what they have to do because they can't do the child orgy stuff. They Mm -hmm. overly, I think in this movie, they overly sexualized her. They made her have the moniker of slut in the school, even though she never did anything. That was her reputation. And in the book and in the miniseries, that was not her reputation. Right. Her her reputation in that one was poor and dirt and trash. Right. And that's different. Right. It's it is different. It's it's a whole level of different. And I don't know if I agree with it or not. That was a tough part. I did enjoy it. Right. But I don't think that it was the right thing to do. And I agree. And there were we're not gonna go scene by scene because I think that would be crazy especially with the way we talk that probably wouldn't, <laughs> yeah that probably wouldn't work but right. i will say in general for her you know i ended up coming around to the casting i thought that was fine do you know i wanted to ask you this do you know what mm-hmm. the significance of her necklace was with the key <sighs> no i don't because i don't I remember speculate. that from the book. yeah i mean go ahead well i don't know it depends on if it was for or like for whose benefit, right? Because I mean, you could use the key and like what it represents in a lot of material. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, for instance, like not even Stephen King's material, but like take Coraline, right? Sure. Have you ever read that? No, I never read it, but I saw the movie. Okay, well, like the key is just important to that, mm-hmm. right? The 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 idea of going to somewhere different, right? Or to like escaping, or um, to like the ability or it can be you know uh it can represent like questions and stuff now that's all speculation it could have just been jewelry well right you know but it's in every i'm pretty sure it's in every scene that she's in i don't think she ever takes it off i mean even the jumping in the water she might have it on now keep in mind you and i only saw this movie once so right. there are little parts that we might miss i'll probably buy this on blu-ray and stuff when it comes out because i do want to see it again yeah but let me ask you this. Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry, to, to, no. not to distract from the key question, but what was your rating on it? Because we did that last time, and I like that. <laughs> Are we saying, like, Rotten Tomatoes rating? No, yours. Like, your personal. Oh, my personal rating. Um, I'm going to say if I was giving it a Rotten Tomatoes rating, which is not what the Rotten Tomatoes rating is, but I mm-hmm. would say I would put it at 75. Mm, okay. That's where I would put it. What about yourself? 
Yeah, it was around like 85. Okay. Like that was the number I had in my head when I asked the question. And that's not bad. We're way closer on that than we were with the Dark Tower. Yeah, I think I was a 76 on the Dark Tower at the start. And I think I said like four. You said 11. <laughs> 11, there we go. Yes, it was very, very, very different on that. But by yeah. by the end of that show, though, you had lowered your score way, way yes. lower. And you did raise yours one point. Yes. Yes. See, <laughs> I, I did it. I like to compromise. I do like to compromise. Yeah. No, that's a good question. Sorry. So back to the key. Oh, yeah. I, I guess what I would have wanted from that, and I understand, you know, I think Kelly brought up, because I did ask her as well, I think she had mentioned it's possibly because she was like a latchkey kid, so it was like a kind of a mm. metaphor, which is understandable yeah. there. I just would have liked if it was something about like being locked off or something like that, or what you were saying, if it had something to do with like escapism or something like that, I would have liked at the end of the movie that maybe she would have given that to Ben or Bill. And then right. that would be something they could play off of when they come back as adults. Oh, yeah, that would have been smart, actually. But unless that just literally meant nothing, it was just so blatantly obvious because it wasn't a small key. Yeah. So that's the only maybe, reason why it Maybe up. it had something to do with her mother because they didn't put her mother in the show. Well, her right? mother was dead in the book, right? I thought she was alive. Or did she leave? Did she just leave them? I'm, yeah, I think she left. I think she left, but then... She never got to go visit her because even at the end of this movie, she's going to live with her aunt. Right. So right. I don't remember. Yeah, either the father chased her off for being abusive and sexually molesting her. By the way, they went really far on that with this movie, which I don't remember them going that far in the book. Yeah, I don't remember him molesting her. I just remember him like being an incestuous dad, yeah. like not like kissing her too long or like holding her like a like a lover yeah i think you know he was definitely abusive to her not only mentally that way but also physically but i don't think he ever like touched her touched her where in this movie he almost rapes her like that's what that scene is well and he almost alluded to like that i have raped you before right right like when he's like did you tell the boys that you have already and then she like fucking kills him yeah which she didn't kill him in the book either. No, because, and that was still kind of weird because they really never went back to that. They never talked about her leaving, I don't think, either. At some point, he died along the way. Right. That's, that's all they said. Like, I was fine with them doing that part if they wanted to. Well, there's the part, I mean, we talked about not going too far into the adult stuff because of part two. But um, when she's an adult, she goes back to see the house right or like to visit she goes to find her dad and see if he's still in town yeah that happens in the miniseries too with the and the old lady there's an encounter yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was one of the scariest parts of the book i don't remember that in the movie maybe that's one of the parts i dozed off in yeah in the miniseries she shows up at the house and it looks regular she rings the doorbell and it's an old lady but it's actually Pennywise, and the house right. is completely dilapidated, and her father had died like a long time ago. Yeah, and it smells like... <laughs> Does it show anything about the mailbox? Because I really don't remember that in the movie. Um, no. Oh, the only thing they show in the mailbox is originally when she rings the bell, it did still have Marsh as the last name. Yeah. That was it. That was just a quick mention. Yeah, okay. I don't know. That was still that was actually one of the scenes in the miniseries that I liked because I think that's when when Tim Curry was Pennywise, I think he makes one of those cracks like, Hey Bev, 
your dad and you know your dad in hell or your dad down here really loves mm-hmm. your choice in men and i was like that's <laughs> a fucking burn that's great yeah man but i agree with the change or the changes and not necessarily enjoying the changes that they made to bev i would also say and we're skipping ahead a little bit but we're just going to bounce back and forth anyways i really did not like that after she killed her father that pennywise showed up to kidnap her yeah i honestly i think that was that might be the only part that I did not like. There's a couple more that I didn't like, but it's all a lot set up on that, which is why that's like the first role of really fucking things up. Because right. why would Pennywise ever do that? Like it doesn't it right. doesn't make any sense. They didn't show that he's been weakened or anything. So why right. would he take a prisoner? Uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, maybe because they did kind of weaken him in the mansion right before that when they found out that he wasn't fearful right right and so maybe he thought that if he could separate one he could separate all of them individually right but it's still i mean that's the only part that i went that i was really really adamant about like that's not how they did in the book (laughs) (laughs) but they also did that because of the whole child orgy thing Right. They're like, we have to separate her from the group a little bit in order to make this work in a different way. So I yeah, understand. So they can come together. Yeah, in a different way than they did. In right. The I think we made that exact <laughs> same joke before, but it's worth I saying so. again. It is absolutely worth saying again. <laughs> yeah. I'll make that joke till the day I die. Oh, yeah, because it's a great fucking joke. And people who have read the book should be laughing their asses off right now. They should actually right. have to pause this because they've been laughing so hard. And then come back right. to it. Yes. If you're keeping sure. score, drink now. Yes. There you go. <laughs> oh, I did want to mention because you brought mm-hmm. up the whole you saw the ring and then you were a little afraid at some points in this movie. And it's not a macho thing for me. I've never been afraid at a movie. I don't get scared. I actually love horror movies, but that's also why I want them to be so good is because, right. you know, they're few and far between the ones that are good. Mm-hmm. What I didn't understand in this movie. And I know why they did it, because people want to be scared at a movie and they want the stupid bullshit that they get scared of. I did not like when Pennywise turned into the ring girl. Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, that was interesting. huh? Yeah, it happened multiple times. And it's like the reason why Pennywise can be so scary, not only that he preys on children, but also Mm -hmm. that he's a cocky motherfucker. Right. And he doesn't have to run after you. And he doesn't have to do all these weird things with his body contortion and stuff. He's a fucking clown that can turn into your deepest fears. So he doesn't have to worry about that. Like, when he's a leper, he's not chasing, chasing after the person. You know, like, he's not chasing after Eddie. He's following him, but he's not sprinting after him. Right. So that got me. Maybe I would say that... And this is just hopeful speculation is maybe they were being meta and saying this is what people in the audience fear. I think so. I do honestly think that. And that's also what moviegoers like just in general. That's what for some reason people are scared of jump scares. And that's what that right. is. That's a jump scare. It's quick movement. Yeah. It's loud noise. It's coming at you. That's going to make you jump no matter what. Yeah. Jump scares. I, I jumped twice in that movie okay <laughs> um one was... once when you saw bev 
Huh? I said once when you saw Bev. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've been jumping to that for weeks. <laughs> no. Um, fuck. What was it? Oh, there sorry. Was... I ruined it. No. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remember which parts really jumped and got me. Um, Georgie's arm? No, not Georgie's arm, but uh, it was when they're in the garage. Oh, and... when he comes out of the projector. Yeah, okay. like when she backs up and like when she falls against the uh, garage. And then all of a sudden he pops right out of the projector like huge. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, that part fucking made me jump really hard. <laughs> and I am I think that it was when, maybe you can help me figure this out. When he does get Bev, how does he appear? So she like hits her dad in the head. He literally just pops up. Like she's going to leave like it's a camera angle trick, I think. It's yeah. just like she does that. She's looking down at him to see if he's dead. And then she looks up and he's right there. I think that was the second one. Okay. All right. And that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Those are all jump scare type moments. Yeah. They, they, those two were the jump ones that got me. Like his arm getting ripped off and stuff. I was expecting it, you know. I was surprised they showed it. Yeah. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Now here, and actually that leads us to the next thing that is different. In the mm -hmm. book... And in the miniseries, everyone knows Georgie is dead because Pennywise does not pull him down into the sewer. He just, and it's funny to say just, he just bites his arm off. And then Georgie right. dies of blood loss. Right. So I was actually okay with the change they made here because it actually made a little bit more sense of why they would go to the Barons. And now they never really mm. talked about it in a cool way. Like I liked in the book in the miniseries that the Barons was a place that kids that age would play because that's what yeah. I would have done. Like if yeah. we had that kind of shit and I didn't have friends and, you know, we had this little group and we went down there to like damn the river and stuff like that's fucking great. Like I'm completely yeah. fine with that. This kind of gave a reason. So instead of them going down there to play around Bill did that whole thing with the sewer tunnel thing to know that that's where bodies might wash out. So maybe Georgie is still alive down there. Right. See, I, I'm going to disagree with you there about liking it. Gotcha. I wish that they would have kept it to where he died because to me, see, uh, overall with this movie, the, the thing that really, I would say the only thing I didn't like is basically all the things happened, right? almost everything that needed to happen happened. Yeah, they changed some stories. We can get into that as well, but yes. But they, they changed why it happened. Yes, and, and they changed the, who it happened to. Those were the to. only parts. Like, the reason why Billy is so adamant about fighting this thing is because it or Pennywise did kill Georgie. Right. Something killed Georgie, and... It's it's separated his family. It's broken his whole fucking life. Right. And his parents don't talk to him. They don't talk to each other. You know, his 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 life sucks because of this thing that happened. And he also resents himself because what if I didn't build the boat? Right. What if I wasn't such a sick, stuttering asshole? Right. What if all these things? And so for him to die, it made him need something. It made him need to be somebody. And that's why he was you know, Big Bill yeah. is he was something to the group. He was something to love. He was something that wanted love. You know, he was he was a leader be out of necessity for his own sanity, for his own just moral being. And those are the only things that like I was like, ah, 
I mean, they happened, and that's good. Yeah. But they happen for different reasons, and they're really important reasons. No, that's very true. The only, and I completely agree with what you're saying. I just know that if I said some of those things, people would be like, oh, you're nitpicking the movie. But it is true. What I kind of did was I just disassociated from knowing he was dead to wanting to see if he was alive. Right. Now, I think if that's the way you're going to go, they did it exactly right. Right. I don't know why they did it that way. They should have just done it the way the book does it. There's no reason to change it. But I understand that. So instead of I'm going to avenge the murderer, it's I am going to find out what happened to my brother. And I'm still going to kill this thing that took my brother. But hopefully he's alive. Right. I mean, and it's a good reason, you know. Um, And yeah, it's it's good, but it's just not like I am nitpicking. You know, (laughs) it's just those are those are the only things that really kind of bugged me was just the why is important. You know what I mean? No, that's true. Well, what did you think about the changing of some of the stories? What did you think of the switch between Ben and Mike? Yeah. um, Ben's was a little easier to deal with. Yeah, because he's a new kid. You know, he wants to learn about the history of dairy, whatever. Right. But the thing about Ben is he just so happened to be cool, right? And in this one, he was still just a dorky kid dorky fat kid well hold on he did like new kids on the block no yeah (laughs) (laughs) and new kids on the block cool absolutely (laughs) i mean the the reason they liked him is because of his mind it wasn't just because he just so happened to be there right i don't know and at least that's the way it seemed in the movie but ben's i could deal with yes little chubby kid what are you gonna do sure um mike's I think Mike's is the only one that really suffered with the timeline change. Yes. Mike's Mike's story about like in the book, his dad was, his dad survived that fire. Well, right. Both of his parents. No, no, there's no fire. Both of his parents are alive in the book. Yeah. But his dad survived the fire of the, the black pig or oh, not the black pig. The, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I think he did, but it wasn't harped on though. You know what I mean? Like no. It wasn't like he had yeah. burns and that was something Mike was afraid of or anything. It's just both of his parents were still alive and yeah. he did work on a farm. But that's why he was a historian or was right. interested in history was because his father filled him in on all that stuff. Right. But the thing is, is when it happened in the 50s, then that would have put the the burning thing in like the 30s, the 20s. And he was his dad was in the army mm-hmm. and he was in the army at a time when people still hated black people. Right. Like, you know, right. right. And I mean, people didn't have the right to vote back then, you know, like the racism was real. It wasn't just, it wasn't just something that exists. It was something that was like permeated. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a blight on our history, right? you know? Absolutely. And that was something that they were dealing with. And that's why Henry Bowers and his connection was so deep. Yes. You know, the shit that happened between the two, it was because of the racism of the fifties. Yeah. And they were neighbors as well. Right. And I mean, like, you know, he killed the black kid's dog, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that, oh man, that pissed me off so much in the book. Yeah. Anytime a dog dies, I get super pissed. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. It's so, I think that his was really the only one that suffered because it was, he was a character of this, the time that it was set in. Right. Right. And his character 
suffered because of the time that it was set in now, you know? And I think that must be why they gave him the backstory of having his parents being killed in a horrific fire. Right. I think that's why they did it and kind of switched to let Ben have the history thing. What's interesting, though, is Mike is still going to be the one that stays back. They're not changing that. Right. So what is Mike's motivation to stay back? He was the historian of the group. So, of course, he's going to stay in Derry and continue on. It almost seems like Ben now should be the one to stay back, but they're not doing it that way. Yeah. I mean, uh, another part of why he stayed was because of his parents that lived there. Yeah. You know, his um, he was he was the farm kid, you know. Right. But then he stayed. Also, I think it had to do with time that it was set in, you know, like what's a black kid going to go out in the world and do, you know, because when they get everything sealed together and they start, you know, disassociating from each other right after they defeated it, defeated it the first time, mm-hmm. you know, he's still just a black kid and he's right. stuck in this town. Yeah. He's a black kid in the 19. Now it's, you know, late fifties, yep. early sixties. Right. You know, what's he going to do? No, that's very true. You know, it was amazing to him that he even went to college yeah. to become a librarian and all that kind of shit. So, no, it's a very good point. And look, if we skew even far back to the concept in general, were you okay with the time change? Because, you know, for people that might just be listening to this because they love to hear us talk, the original <laughs> the original book took place in the late 50s, and then that was when they were kids, and then it was the mid-80s when they were adults. In this movie, it's the late 80s when they're kids, And by the time the new movie comes out, it'll basically be this time. It'll be present day when they're adults. See, I think they did it just for relatability. And I think that it did the exact opposite for me. It made it unrelatable because the way they grew up and played Mm -hmm. in the 1950s is the way that I grew up and played in the 90s in my small ass town. Right. You know, like we didn't go to the (laughs) Barrens and build a dam, but... I went up to just some junkyard and we crossed the fence and we dug holes and there were old cars there and we made a paintball course. You know what I mean? Like my, we, we would build dirt bike tracks, you know, there was all this weird shit that we would do that was relatable to me, but that's just because I'm some country bumpkin asshole, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Well, I can tell you, and I told Kelly this on part one, when I lived in Texas, You know, we lived in like this cul-de-sac area where there was what would be considered woods in Texas, where it was cactus and like these crazy little trees and, you know, it's all gross and stuff. And we actually went back and this was when I was in elementary school, middle school. So around the same age, we went back and we played it. (laughs) That's what we we played like we were the losers club and there was a killer clown that was after us. So I I actually relate to it the same or a similar way that you do is we're outside, we're building these forts and stuff, and we're pretending like we're, you know, doing what they were doing in the book. Right. See, the first time I ever watched the first It, it was on VHS, and by my small town, there was an even fucking smaller town that had like 20 people. Wow. But they had this little, they had this little lodge there where you could go river rafting. And my friend's parents were friends with the people who owned that little lodge. So we would go there and camp in these cabins and like in these tents and stuff. And we we would sleep right by the river. 
Nice. And so the first time I ever watched it, we took a little TV that was powered by the generator <laughs> that was hooked up to the trailer right next to the tent. Sure. And we put that in the tent and there's five of us sitting in there and like I was 10, 11 years old watching it right next to this river wow. at midnight, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, it freaked me the fuck out. I'd imagine. <laughs> I mean, uh, it was because it was like, hey, this is a movie about where I fucking grew up. Right. You know, it's like I talked about this before last time, but it's so crazy that we wrote that song, Severe County Killer. Yep. And then I read the book and I'm like, oh, I just rewrote this fucking book into a song. Yeah. You know, I already have this plan. We're ending the show with that song. <laughs> cool. For sure. I've been waiting. <laughs> I mean, just sub- subconsciously, that's just. It's it's exactly how I grew up. I mean, not exactly. I didn't have a fucking killer clown, but I had a fucking coal mine that sucked you in. Yeah. You know, the, the coal mine is the thing that made you return. It's the job that I gave up a bunch of times because my dad worked at a coal mine. Right. And like, you know, I could have went there. I could have made money. I mean, I could own a house right now. I could do all this shit financially that I, I can't do right now. I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. If I would have just went and did that. Right. And so many of my friends, they did move away and that's where they're working right now. And they're complaining. They're going, God, this long wall move sucks. Fuck. I got to work 30 days straight on swing shifts. And, and I mean, my dad's been doing, I talked to my dad, um, around July or around the 4th of July Mm -hmm. and he had worked 24 days in a row and he had four more days to go. On the 24th day, he worked a 24-hour shift, went home and slept for eight hours, and then went back to work for 13 and a half hours. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, like, that could have been my life. Right. That was that was Pennywise. Yeah. You know? And it still is, dude. In the back of my mind, still, as I'm doing all this shit, as I'm in this studio, I'm going, I could be underground, covered in coal, fucking slaving my life away. Yeah. That's Mike that stayed back. Right. You're the Richie or the Bill. Who's trying to make it out there? I'm not even that. (laughs) You know, I'm Bev, but the abusive relationship (laughs) is the music. Wow. That might be the best best (laughs) metaphor. You know what I mean, man? Like, uh, and the the thing that's even scarier, Mm -hmm. like when Pennywise turns into the spider, that for me is when I think, well, what if I went back and I couldn't get a job at the mine? Oh, you know? okay. Like All right. that's even scarier than having to go back and work there. Right. What if I had to go back and work there and then I couldn't even fucking get the job? Holy shit. Jeez. You know, like that's the shit that like that shit keeps me up at night. Yeah, that's that would really <laughs> fuck with your head. That's for sure. I mean, and it's so silly because there's people there that they make a good living. You know, they feed their family. Mm-hmm. They're happy and they're doing it. Like their, their, their families aren't hurting, you know? Yeah. Dad or mom has to go to work and all this shit. And it's hard, but I mean, they're, they're sitting there and they're enjoying their life. You know, they're, they're enjoying each other's company. They right. love each other. And the, because of that mine, there's a lot of people that their kids get fed because they work there. Yeah. And so they don't begrudge it anything. But to me, I just, I watched my dad do it. And I fucking, I mean, my dad, he's an EMT. He's seen four people die there and he's worked there for like, I don't know, 16 years, something like that. Wow. I mean, he's been a first responder, I think on two of them at least. And, you know, and even himself, he got pinned between a machine and a 
two-ton wall of coal. Holy shit. The shelf, the shelf fell on him, and the only thing that saved his life is the machine got crushed. It broke his back. It broke his oh. legs. Broke his fucking nose. I mean, I remember being eight years old, and he, he didn't come home for hours and hours, and my mom's crying and right. calling everybody. And all of a sudden, he walks in, and he's covered in coal dust. He's got stitches and black eyes all over his face, and he's walking in on crutches. And it's just like, fuck, man. You know, <laughs> like that. You give your whole life for that kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. And it's it's just to feed us. Yeah. You know, just to keep me fed. And right. I mean, he gave me everything I ever wanted, everything I ever needed. I mean, but that shit, as good as it can be, mm-hmm. you know, if you make the best of it, it's my biggest fucking fear. That is an amazing way to look at that as well, to be able to combine it with it and Pennywise and to think about it like that. I mean, that's crazy. That's that's crazy awesome in a way that that's kind of what fuels you. Yeah, dude, it, it, it fucking it scares me, man. It's the fear. Wow. I never thought of it like that. I guess the reason why it made such a big difference in my life is the whole bullying aspect. That's what yeah. that's so I still associated with that. I knew the Bowers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I knew that and that's something that still haunts me to this day because I'll never get over all the crazy shit that I went through with bullying. So that's my connection always with the book. I never even had to put it to something even bigger than myself like that. Dude, I think the bullying thing is worse, you know? I'm a very fortunate person. I never had to deal with all of that. A lot of the times I was battling people on that. See, I was I was the exact opposite. Okay. I mean, everybody fucking knew me. I mean, it was a small town, so obviously, but everybody liked me. That's great. I mean, it was I was very fortunate. Mm-hmm. I people liked me. Or they hated me until they talked to me and then they fucking liked me. There you go. And I mean, I was just, I used to joke about it, but like, like even Heath, right? Mm-hmm. I used to hate Heath. Right. I think you told this story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I used to think of myself as like, okay, the only reason I'm going to school is so that those people can have a friend, you know? Now, don't okay. get me wrong. I was my, I was a bully many a time. And I look back on those things and I, I hate it. Right. I, I can still remember one time, uh, eighth grade, I got picked as football captain okay. by the coaches. And a kid showed up late for voting and he voted for me. And and nobody voted for me because the coaches already picked me as a football captain. Right. And I fucking teased him for it, you know, and I, I, I was like, well, come on, man. Well, God, you're fucking late. You're doing this. Come on. Ty- His name's Tyson. Okay. I can still remember fucking teasing him for that shit. That shit eats me up. I fucking hate it. You know, I wasn't a bully a lot in my life, but there's things like that where I just go, come on, dude. You, you could have done something different right then and there, and you didn't. And now you got to live with it. Look, I would say that's the most tame that I've ever heard of a bullying experience. But because that's the one that you can remember, that's the one that eats at you. Let me let me bring this part up then. Mm-hmm. In the movie itself, I thought this was pretty interesting because when I when I saw the movie, I was, you know, off on a work trip in Iowa, you know, in a small, small town, city, whatever. So the movie yeah. theater was like right behind my hotel. I went there, it was all teenagers. So yeah. You know, that's a that's a different demographic than I'm used to being around. The most reaction that was given the entire movie was when Bowers had been up against the, you know, the road grate, whatever you call that. 
Uh, yeah. When he had him up against there, which is what happened in the book and what happened in the miniseries, when he starts carving that H. First of all, actually, yeah. by the way, they reacted when he punched him in the face like twice and then started carving. People, there was an audible, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> because those kids do not know what real bullying is anymore. Right. But I always think it's really funny because, and you know, we've talked about on the show before, I would trade anything that happened in my life being bullied, what I consider real bullying, to cyberbullying. I don't think kids nowadays know that that's what it actually was like. You don't see that anymore. You know, I think that there are some people, you know, I, I, I don't think that it would be wise to, and not just on your part, I'm talking about on anybody's part, to say that. You know, there aren't still people that go through that. Oh, I'm sure. Sorry, I, I am generalizing a little no, bit more. You, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to, like, backtrack what you were saying oh, no, either. I'm just saying that just for anybody that's listening, you know? Like, if, if you did go through that, if you are still going through that, that sucks. But if we can throw a blanket over the way that society is going right now, mm-hmm. you're right. Right. You know? <laughs> the majority of that shit has came and went. Right. Which is a good thing. I mean, I hope that's all eradicated for sure. It was just interesting because you could literally see it in a movie where there's a killer clown. Let's just say, let's even generalize that even more without going into what Pennywise actually is. And he's terrorizing people. He bit a little kid's arm off. The thing that got the biggest reaction was a teenager punching another teenager in the face. Right. I remember even when he got cut, Tyler was like, fuck. Yeah, right. (laughs) And that's the thing, like, I have scars on my arm from when yeah. people have done things like that. It, you know, and I'm not saying I'm better than anyone because I went through that. No. It was very interesting to me to see that reaction because that's one of the most truthful things that I see in the movie because I relate right. to that stuff. And, you know, better that reaction than, yeah! Oh, right. Get that fat kid. Yeah, right, right. But I did like that scene. I thought they did a good job yeah. with that. I think Bowers was well casted as well. You think he wasn't casting? No, no, I think he was. Oh, yeah. You're not doing Greaser Bowers, so I understand. I I love Greaser Bowers. I think that was a really well-written character. But for, you know, late 80s, early 90s, that's like a perfect punk piece of shit kid, you know? Fuck, he would even been great in the 50s, you know? Little mullet white trash kid like that. Just change that hair, give him a leather jacket, and you're all fucking set. I, I did. I knew I knew people like that, you know. Of I knew those kids. No, absolutely. And those kids suck. Yes, I mean, I still really know those do. kids and they're sitting there and I, I I don't mean to generalize. I'm sure nobody from where I'm from is going to listen to this. <laughs> but anybody that's remotely, you know, even if you go to like some mining town or any industry like that, like I'm sorry, but a lot of those kids ended up working there. Gotcha. <laughs> you know. I hate to say it, but that's our biggest demographic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to cut that out. <laughs> you might want to. I, I did want to bring something up. Absolutely. Side tangent. Yeah. This is a thought that I've been working on lately uh, when it comes to the whole bullying thing mm-hmm. is because I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I'm like, I'm going, why do people, why do people feel this way? You know, why is everybody freaking the fuck out? You know, like life isn't that hard anymore. You know, I mean, yeah, it gets hard, but it's not that hard. Mm-hmm. But then I, I had this thought that kind of changed my mind a little bit upon just the idea in general of people suffering okay. in this day and age. You ever watched a two-year-old slam their finger in a door? No, but that's because I'm not around kids. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, any like even five-year-old kid falls and scrapes their knee, right. you know, they're crying like it's the end of the fucking world. Right. And I think that it's because that's the most pain they've ever felt in their life. Mm-hmm. Right there in that moment. Yep. You know, like when a, when a first grader breaks their arm, that's the most pain they've ever gone through. Right. That's why that hurts like that. They have nothing to compare it to. Mm-hmm. And I think that he, it, that it equates, maybe not in totality, but ratio-wise, you know, like the cyberbullying or thing or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted, I think that maybe people should learn, but I think that maybe that's what we're dealing with is people literally have nothing to compare it to. Right. And, you know, yep. and I think that in, in all actuality, it could be the most pain they've ever suffered in their life. Right. And it's, it's sad in one way that that's the most pain you've ever dealt with. But it's also but it's good. All, <laughs> it's, it's also sad that you haven't dealt with anything more, in a, in a sense. Right. You know what I mean? But couldn't you also take a positive from that and say that that's a good thing? If that's what they're thinking is the worst pain. I mean, it, it's scary because life doesn't get easier. It gets harder. So, yeah. you know, that's the unfortunate part. But in a way, too, isn't it great to think that, wow, could you imagine that being the worst pain you've ever felt like how yes. great that would be I, I think that that from a from a standpoint of somebody who has suffered you know i mean don't get me wrong i'm very privileged and i don't mean that in the social justice warrior way <laughs> right i'm a very privileged person right i'm a very i mean i've had a lot of great things happen in my life right um if i was a religious person i would say blessed but <laughs> um but I mean, I've also gone the fucking rounds with some shit for sure, just like anybody. Yeah. And so from somebody who's at a standpoint, that's like a hurt beyond that. Yeah, it's good. But I think that you don't you can't understand that it's good unless you've had something yeah. worse. You know what I mean? It's honestly like saying that almost every kid should at one point in their life as being a kid. So being, let's say, just like 10 years old or whatever, that you mm-hmm. should be punched in the face at some point. <laughs> yeah. Just to know what it's like, you know, someone just called you a bitch on instant messenger, someone you can block, but you can't mm-hmm. block that punch. So what would you rather have? Right. You know what I mean? And you could say that about anything. Obviously, you can be like, oh, you know, well, breaking someone's arm to this and blah, blah. But just in general, if that's right. the worst hurt you have, try getting punched in the face. You know, try right. having that knife against you and someone trying to carve something in it. You know, that that's all I'm yeah. saying. So it was just very interesting. Oh, totally. I, I'm not saying any of this about you. Oh, I hope no, you no. know that. I'm not even, uh, what do you call it? I'm not even defending myself. I'm saying I also could put myself in the view of a teenager who's never dealt with anything like that, who their whole life is social media. And right. on social media, where they believe their whole life is, they've got people making fun of them nonstop. And they won't close their account because they feel like that's the end of their world. Yeah. You, you can turn off your phone. You can't fucking turn off a dude that's got a knife to you. Right. But they'll never understand you know? that. And that's why yeah. I'm not trying to put that down. It was right. just a very weird thing to see everyone react to something so, I guess, typical to me. Right. <laughs> what I grew up with. And I can laugh it, about it, it now. But it was like right. the worst thing ever when I was a kid. You know, I, I'm, it still could be the worst thing that, I mean, I don't know you, but 
to some people that could still be the worst thing. It could still be in your life the worst thing. You know what's funny? And sorry, I'm I'm detracting again. No, it's fine. But <laughs> I just barely got started reading. You know, we've talked about this. Right. Like barely got into reading. Mm-hmm. And when I was going through shit as a kid, you know, I thought it was the end of my fucking life. Right. And it was it was hard. It was it was a lot of shit. I mean, but the the funny thing is is I think a book saved my life back then when I didn't even read. Really? Because I was going through all my shit. Yeah. And I thought that my life was the worst and I read A Child Called It. Oh, okay. And uh, even, to this day I fucking I just go one person out there has it worse than I do. And I think that's the way people should learn. Maybe don't punch people in the face just so that they know. Yeah. Maybe they can just read a book and say, you know what? There's worse lives than this. Right. There's other worlds than there these. There are other worlds than these. Yes. No, I agree. There's just life experience. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what you're at. And look, you had a book that saved your life. I had a video game that saved my life. You know, it's, it's really Final Fantasy VII saved my life. Wow. Absolutely. If I did not have with what I was going through in my life, there are a few times where I could have easily not been here anymore. Wow. And that's not only from, you know, myself, but also someone else doing it. Yeah. For yeah, sure. For sure. Yeah. And you never know in life, it could take that other turn, you know, and yeah. you'll just, and maybe in those parallel worlds or those, that multiverse, that other thing happened to that other you, you know, if you want to yeah. think of it that way. But yeah, man. And that's why it is so important to me because the Losers Club was something I looked at like, wow. I would literally change my entire life if I could be in that reality, even with a killer alien monster, demon, god, whatever you want to call Pennywise. If that was a reality where that existed, I would rather be in that reality if I could have those friends. Yeah, it's crazy. Sometimes life gives you lemons and sometimes life just squeezes the lemons on your open wounds. It's (laughs) right in your fucking eyes. Right. And who's to know what's better, you know? Yeah, you never know because it's very hard to compare your life to anyone but the people that are around you. Right. That's normally the way it goes. So you could have, both of us, probably have a much better life than a lot of the population of the world. But it's very hard to justify that in your mind sometimes. And sometimes I wish I could be better about that. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm really about learning the hardships from other people. You know, yeah. the less I have to suffer, <laughs> the smarter you get, the less you have to suffer. I think that's the, true. the wiser you get. I don't know. That's that's one of my like focuses in life is at least don't have to learn something twice. Right. You know? Yeah. You want to I mean, it's the most cliche thing, right? But you want to learn from your mistakes and learn from other people's mistakes. Yeah, it's very yeah. true. Look, it's one of the reasons why I love doing Ian hates conversations is sure. A lot of it's based on music. But normally, especially if I'm diving deep into a person's life or something, they will tell those stories. I mean, yeah. that's that's a great way to go about it because you've mentioned your father before and how important he is in your life. Right. So it's very interesting to hear all that stuff. I mean, I love talking to people about shit like that. Oh, yeah, me too, man. I mean, like this conversation couldn't even be recorded for a podcast and I'd still enjoy it. You know what I mean? And that's the it's way so crazy, it be- dude. I've never even met you. <laughs> right. And I... And I'm, I've, I'm, I've been thinking about it. I thought about it today as I was like listening to some of your podcasts and then like thinking about this podcast. I was like, 
it's crazy. I've talked to this kid three <laughs> times. I've emailed him a handful of times and we've messaged each other a handful of times. Right. I'm like, I got a friend across the country. I don't even know what his fucking face looks like. Yeah, that is true. I don't even put that shit out there. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, man. And that's what I was saying. Like, it's so funny. I was talking, it was the Ian Hates conversations with uh, Mishko, who's, he's a manager of bands and everything. I listened to that one today. What'd you think of it? Yeah. Oh, that was actually probably one of my favorite ones that you've done. Yeah, I really enjoyed like getting to know some of the like behind the scenes shit. And when I was asking, I was like, how do you decide on a tour? Like, how do you get people up here? Because I was wondering about that, too. I'm like, when is Charlatan going to come to the East Coast and do a (laughs) show? Like, when is that actually going to happen? And it's so crazy. All the moving pieces that have to work to get that to happen. Yeah, I believe me i know (laughs) (laughs) and look we don't have to go into that believe me this isn't this isn't that show but yeah man it's it is so weird and yeah i mean we talk all the time on facebook messenger and like all that kind of stuff it is really funny i was thinking about this as well today you besides co-hosts of shows you have been on the show the most now Uh, yes and record you're still the only person to do ian hates movies and ian hates music boom Yep. Suck it, people. <laughs> Suck it. Believe it or not, I actually had to turn down a band to do this show. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you had to do that. First of all, there's no <laughs> apology needed or necessary. It was just really funny. We had talked about this probably actually when we talked for the first time on the music one that we were going to do it. But then we also yeah. decided we were going to do The Dark Tower. A band was talking to me who's been on the music show before and like three weeks ago. They go, hey, man, can we do it? And I was like, <laughs> I mean, dude, choose any other movie, but this is yeah. already locked down. <laughs> Suck it, other band, whoever you are. <laughs> and all the while, just remember, everybody else is going, who the fuck is Charlatan? No, I think the amount of times, <laughs> if you were to look at all the episodes of the music show and the movie show, how many times that name comes up, at least people who listen know. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, if they looked us up, that's a different idea. Or that's a different story. I will tell you, and this will be, we don't even have to mention that much, but I did see a video the other day that was shared on all social media that had Charlatan as one of the best bands. Really? I thought it was nice. Yeah, that is nice. That's very. I wouldn't say humbling. I hate the word humble, by the way. I, f- I think that's one of the... Because isn't... This is a big fucking tangent, dude. Are we even going to talk about the movie? I'm I sorry. don't know. I have no <laughs> idea, but I'm okay with it. All right. But I, I hate the word humble. Okay. Because, like, it comes from the word humility, right? Yes. And every time I think of the word humility, I think of humiliation. Sure. And... So I and I think that that's kind of what being humble and what humility is about is like be humiliated, you know, know that you're not anything. Ah. And people count that as a fucking virtue. Right. How is it a virtue to fucking (laughs) consider yourself nothing? Is it is it this world that we live in where we just say, okay, well, everybody, you're you're good, even if you're bad. And if you're bad, we're going to help you more. So that just gives you incentive to be a bad person. Like, fuck humility, fuck humiliation, (laughs) be a good person. That's all there is to it. There isn't good and bad. They don't coexist on the same fuck in the same hand. You know, there's one or the other. I never thought of it that way. That's not a bad way to look at it. (laughs) Sorry, that's that's something that I've been thinking about (laughs) for a minute. I could tell. 
Yeah. That was a big tangent. And I don't even know why I got angry, but it's just been <laughs> that's one of those I like it. Ideas that's been bugging me. Rage and passion. Right. That's I... so it's not humbling to hear about that, but it is it is pleasant. Yes. And it's a it's a pleasant surprise. That's a good way to look at it. That's definitely oh. a good way to look at it. <laughs> oh fuck. All right. Oh. So <clears throat> let's get back to it. Okay. <laughs> Unless you're tired man i know you're fucking out late oh man this is fun for me like this is okay honestly and i know i've said this when you've been on the show before but this is why i fucking do these shows like i want to have fun i don't want it to be pulling teeth like it's just a fucking conversation and we're going off on these wild tangents and we're talking about something that i love like i have no problem with this Okay, because I don't either. I just I I don't like to overstay my welcome. No, no, no. You're all. I already said like we just need to start another show, and you can be permanent right. co-host. <laughs> Deal. It's fine. <laughs> it's completely fine. Ian can't read. That's the one. Well, wouldn't it just be Ian? Ian hates books. Doesn't that work too? No. <laughs> no. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I think this one is funnier. Okay, it is actually. It's actually <laughs> more funny. <laughs> it's more funny. That is true. Yeah. Should we go to we, – we started talking about Bowers, and obviously we started talking about bullying and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about his arc right now. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a good direction. So I liked what they did with him in most cases. Now, I will say another issue I had was the rock fight, and I'm not sure if you oh, felt yeah. the same. Right? There yep. seemed to be less – and I, I'm grasping for the word, but I'm not getting it. But it seemed like less gravitas – because it was like Bowers was really, really going to hurt Mike, like maybe even kill him. There's that possibility, right. which is fine. I'm, I'm OK with that. But then mm-hmm. there wasn't anything about the Losers Club having the high ground. There wasn't anything that really made it seem like they should win that rock fight, except that they had more people, which I guess is right. the overall theme is that them as a group can defy anything and can win in any situation. But it was like Bowers just let Mike run across the stream and then they all just started throwing rocks and Bowers was completely silent like the whole time. I wanted right. I wanted that fire. I wanted that I'm going to kill you all. You're all dead. You're not going to see your parents. I'm going to kill you and I'm going to kill your parents. Like I wanted that right. kind of thing. I thought the miniseries actually did a better job of showing that than this movie. Right. See, and this is where I say the why is important, right? A lot of this that got downplayed in this movie was it's not just that it's them together. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of a kid's imagination, right? Yes. Why is the clown so scary to them? It's because they can imagine a fucking killer clown. It's like when, God, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Richie Mm -hmm. or Ben that was getting attacked in the book. And the the people just close their their eyes, right? I think it's Ben. They yeah, they they just suspended their belief in what was really happening in the world. Right. These these adults, you know, they had no imagination. They didn't want to imagine that their small ass town was something that could be so evil. Yeah, because it's just a small ass town, you know. It's conservative. It's 1958 or whatever. And the kids, they can imagine a killer clown, right? right? They can imagine the worst of the worst, but they can also imagine the best of the best. And with their imagination, they can imagine overcoming. Right. They have the, the, the power of belief in themselves. And when they're having that rock fight, I mean, that's a, 
it's it's World War Two to them. Yeah, you know, it's them against the Nazis. It's right. you know, it's it's good versus evil. Oh, for sure. And yeah. they they can imagine it being the end of the they they imagine it as maybe not literally, but you know, it's the it's the battle between heaven and hell. Yep. You know, what's who's gonna win? What is the high ground? You know, right. is it heaven? Is it with God? Is it with this almighty, all-powerful thing that you can imagine and believe in? Is that inside of you? Can you defeat the evil that is them? You know, and that's what's happening in this rock fight. Yeah. I mean, and then when he throws the M80 and, you know, it's it's like, oh, my God, that fucking almost killed us. Right. right. You know, and that that's the way it is in the book. And then when it comes to the movie, it's just like, oh, yeah, they threw a couple rocks and it hurt. And then Richie gave the double birds. I mean, look, right. I love a scene where someone flips someone a double bird. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. all for it. Double birds. Amazing. <laughs> it's, it's fucking amazing. <laughs> I love talking about it. It's just, yeah, I totally agree. So that was a little bit of an issue. And maybe that's just literally you can't really show that in a movie. So all right. that all that background, you know, all that stuff leading up to it, you can't show enough of that in a movie. I just thought they threw that scene away too quickly and yeah i totally agree with you i really would have liked more of the let's show adults and parents really kind of having a fog about them that Mm -hmm. they can't understand this like i almost liked it a little bit at the beginning when georgie had his hand down the sewer and they cut to the woman who was living there like she kind of looks at him and then looks away in a regular mate i don't know about now but when i was growing up if a uh, adult saw you do something like that, they'd be like, get your fucking hand out of there. Yeah, like, what right. are you doing? That's crazy. It's it's raining. Why are you outside? You're going to catch a death of cold, whatever. Like, get out of here. She yep. looks away, and then he does get his arm bit off. She sees the blood, and then she runs in. Yep. I think that kind of shows the wrong message about the adults in Derry, at least from what the book stance was, because it was literally that no adult seemed to notice at all what was going on they would kind of look at people being you know almost killed and look away they kind of did it one time in this movie where i think it was like an old guy or a couple were driving in a car yeah. and they looked it was when bowers was holding ben up yeah see to me that was the closest thing to the book right but they didn't go further like i guess the only thing that i liked that they kind of broke with that was when the police chief had some kind of idea like you could see he was an adult that wanted to know what was going on so he kind of gave the wink wink nudge nudge to the kids like hey i'm kind of an adult who knows what's going on but i still can't fully you know i don't have the capacity because i'm not a kid anymore i I really like that character they didn't do anything with that here they actually made bowers father a police officer which is like whatever and that was another thing like i did like that they had bowers kill his father yeah but there wasn't a whole lot of backstory with that though right yeah i gotta go back to where um it's i think it's ben or something and you know, the, the car does stop, you know, in the book, the guy tries to fight Henry and then Henry fights back. Right. And the guy goes, Oh fuck, I can't fight this kid. This kid's going to beat my ass. You know, (laughs) like that's, that's the closest they got to it. I think that they, they did that pretty well in the movie, but in the book, you know, it has that, 
that whole thing. Well, and then let's go back to the rocks. Okay. So yeah. the, the whole reason they happen upon him is because they're sitting there in the, the barrens and they're trying to make it like a clubhouse. Yeah. Right. They're, they're finding this place. They're, they're like going out to do mischief and stuff. And like, they're already set as friends. Exactly. And they like, they happen upon this kid, just like, well, Mike happens ha- upon them. Yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. Oh, and yeah. just like, just how like uh ben falls into the dam mm-hmm. right right or all of that to like you could have at least done that right hey, i'm not even dissing the movie i think it was fucking awesome <laughs> obviously people already know we like the movie but right. knowing the book like we do and not saying we're experts or anything but knowing the book enough and loving the book mm-hmm. we still question the same way in the dark tower why did they make these certain choices Like, how hard would it have been to have them playing and doing something where they were making a clubhouse? I mean, come on. Even in the 80s, kids were making clubhouses. Yeah. I mean, how about was there ever a time where the kids were just doing kid shit? Like playing video games or anything like that? Yeah. Or, you know, or just playing. No. Just just being kids. Their whole playing scene, the thing that they wanted. And I'm just taking this as my opinion on it. I think the only kid shit thing that they were trying to show that they were justifying this is going to be everything is mm-hmm. the reservoir, the jumping oh, off yeah. the cliff. That's that's yeah. the only scene that is going to show, hey, these are kids being kids. But remember, they also harped on the whole, it's our summer. It's our yeah. summer. And I didn't like that whatsoever. Yeah. I don't remember. I remember people being fucking scared because, of course, they're going to be fucking scared. But no one mm-hmm. was whining and complaining. We're kids. We should be playing. It's our summer. Right. But they said that a bunch <laughs> of fucking times. I'm like, guys, we get it. You don't want to yeah. go after a killer clown. Understandable. I mean, it's a long movie, but we we don't think that it happened over a summer. Okay, just chill. <laughs> right. Right. They just keep on like punching it in and punching it in. Yeah, I was like. Come on, guys. It's fine. That scene with the cliff jumping and then, you know, the looking at Bev while she was suntanning, that whole thing was all to show this is them being kids, having fun, and now we don't have to show this ever again. Right. But to me, that wasn't them being children, you know? Like, they made them look like teenagers. Right. And, I mean, come on. Weren't they uh, 11, I think they're like 12. Yeah. So, I guess they're not technically. I get it. But, I mean, even then, you know, like... I remember being a kid and like the next moment we're sitting there playing with soldiers, you know, and we're playing army and we're, you know, yeah, I guess not just jumping off cliffs. Right. I mean, that's like, Hey, we're daring. We're teenagers. We're risky business. Like, <laughs> but I mean, they didn't show them being kids and I, it was, it was strange. It wasn't bad. It was just, I think that it could have helped a lot. Right. I think they tried. And also, you know, we didn't mention this before, but since they do have the time period change, they changed mm-hmm. Richie's sense of humor. So I think yeah. that was also, hey, look, these are obviously kids that joke around. They're riding their bikes, and Richie's saying, I fucked your mom. You yeah. Know, like, and that shit was hilarious. It was. I, I think that that was actually, that's where they really punched it up. That was, I think that that was better. Yes. If they had gotten a kid that was going around doing terrible impressions, it would right. work. It worked for back then. Seth Green in the miniseries, the book, all that stuff yeah. worked for that. And one thing that I really marked out for was when Richie gets locked in the room with all the clowns when they go to the house in Meeple Street. When yeah. he jumps up and he says, beep, beep, Richie, yeah. the only way you're going to get that is if you read the book. 
And I thought that yep. was the perfect place because beep, beep, Richie does not make sense for those kids at that time to say. No. Nope. Yeah, that was great. I <laughs> I remember like looking over at Jessica, looking at Tyler, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, wait, you guys aren't on this in on this joke. Right. Yeah, they don't get that one. But yeah, I like that, and I understand the update for that. Like, they were terrible mom jokes and terrible sex jokes, right. but those were the jokes we were telling, and sometimes even today, those are the jokes yep. that we tell because they're just so quick and easy, and it yep. works, you know? Yeah, they're childish. Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you just want to laugh like a kid. Yep. So I did, I did definitely enjoy that, and I think that's what they were trying to show that, hey, they were still, you know, fun-loving kids even though all this shit's going on around them. I was confused of why they would show silver as a big deal, but then never use it in any <laughs> situation to save people the way it was done in the book. Yeah. I mean, he did kind of go and get the the inhaler, but even I mean, then it was more pills than inhaler. So I don't know right. if they're ever going to get that scene, the iconic scene that happened in the book and the miniseries. I don't mind them updating that. But he's not going to throw a bunch of pills at the spider either. Yeah. Or, okay. So that's the next thing. Yeah. You know, like, so just as the rock fight failed, right. yep. like, when they're sitting there beating the shit out of Pennywise I at the end of it, it. I yeah, hated that it. Was, that was, I was like, <laughs> how about when Eddie fucking still has his inhaler and he's sneaking his inhaler in there and he sprays him in the fucking eyes? You know, how about that? Yeah. Why not do that? Why not bring that yeah. back for people who read the book and stuff? Like it would make see, and it's the imagination part. Yes, it's the it's why it's important for the kids to do it. You know. Yep. This is battery acid, motherfucker, or whatever he said. Yeah. It's like, it means something, and right. it just didn't. I mean, we might as well talk about it because we just brought it up. That whole scene, I know what they were going for. They were going for the "we're not afraid of you anymore, and now we can fight back." I thought that was mm -hmm. the goofiest shit for a horror yep. movie to have these kids each taking shots at this clown that is all powerful and sure <laughs> even if he was weakened a little bit yeah he is not really that weak now so to have him just like throwing kids around kind of and then him morphing into their random fears but still have them like there was a baseball bat like right there for Richie right. to use, you know what I mean? And I know they tried to set up a rift between Richie and Bill, which they definitely didn't do in the book or the miniseries. I uh, understand why they kind of did that. But then to have, like, that was the corniest scene, I think, in the movie, or when Pennywise is making the threat, like, hey, I have Bill, I will let all of you live, which was so pussy, yeah. so pussy. But I have Bill, and I'm not going to, you know, whatever. So obviously, even these kids see through that. Yeah, Richie, for some reason, is like trying to pretend he's going to go along with Pennywise and just leave Bill <laughs> right. there. And it's like, come on, man, that you got to put something else into that. That's just bad writing. Yeah, that that was a flop for me. Yeah, I was like, ah, <laughs> yeah, I I think I audibly groaned. <laughs> yeah. So it's little things like that that are still a little weird to me, even though I like the movie. It's funny to hear, and this is kind of a different tangent, but it's kind of funny to hear people say this is one of their favorite all-time movies or that this is one of the best horror movies they've ever seen. It's strange yeah. to hear people say that because there's still a ton of goofy shit that if they hadn't done it, like I, I understand and I'm probably saying this wrong, 
It's the ritual of chud, right? Or chud? Chud. It's C-H-U-D, but the U has like the umlaut thing on it. Is this in the book? This is how they defeat Pennywise in the first part. See, I'm still drawing a blank on even how they do it. Okay, so this is what they do in the book. And they made a couple references because they mentioned a turtle twice. Right. They had the turtle in Georgie's room, and then they mentioned the turtle when they were swimming or whatever. Right. So what happens is they read about in their books a Native American ritual. Oh, yeah, where you bite each other's tongues. Yeah, and they basically build a teepee around them or like an enclosure and they get high Ah, uh, yeah i was <laughs> fuck man i have been like racking my brain over how they fucking do this yeah <laughs> it's still not perfect to me i i don't remember every aspect of this but yeah, yeah they get super high and bill hallucinates this turtle and mm-hmm. the turtle is like the only thing that can you know defeat it because Right. What we don't even mention and what you forget sometimes is there's like a chapter where Pennywise talks to you, the reader. Remember that? And he's basically saying, I can never be defeated. I've been around for forever. I'm an alien fucking monster. (laughs) And fuck you. Oh, and by the way, I'm a girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. Like, I I had forgotten about that until I started flipping through chapters again. Uh But so in the book as well. They do this ritual where the turtle tells Bill that the only way you can defeat Pennywise is by doing this ritual of chud or chewed or however you want to say it. Yeah. So when they're kids, the way they defeat Pennywise that first time is that Bill does the ritual and he yeah. beats him in a battle of wits. That's how it yep. happens. Not all of them beating on him with fucking instruments and stuff. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. And then they they travel out into the universe, too, and they pass the turtle, right? Yes. Is, is that in the first part or the first time? Hmm. I forget if that's... I, I do think know that's they the go first out time. there. I think that's the first time because... The second time the turtle... Can I, should I spoil that? I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, too. Okay. There's only two people at the end who fight Pennywise. Right. So we'll just leave mm-hmm. that there. We can talk about that stuff later. But yeah, I understand that maybe they can't show that ritual in this movie, but you could have found mm-hmm. a better way to do that end scene. That's all I'm saying. Because I'm completely fine with, you know, even though I don't like that Bev was kidnapped, I like that he showed her the deadlights. She's floating. She comes back down. Ben kisses her. That opens up that whole thing about we already knew there was a love triangle, but that kind of puts a little bit more into it. I did not like that as kids, she knows he wrote the poem. Yeah. I like that so much more with the reveal when they're older. But what I'm yeah. hoping is because they start forgetting things that it's just like they remember it for the first time anyways. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm okay. Yes. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yep. Me too. I will say this, and this is something that the, I think it's the writer or the or writers and director, whatever it was, they did an interview where they said the one thing they wanted to tell everyone about the sequel is that when Mike stays behind, he's going to become a drug addict. Whoa. And during this time where he's basically hit rock bottom because he needs to find a way to defeat Pennywise. He knows he's coming back. Mm-hmm. Now, if you remember, he tried to kill himself when, right. you know, in the book and everything. So I'm okay with this difference that they're doing. But I guess he's supposed to discover possibly the ritual of Chud when he's on drugs. 
so that might play in later. Hmm. I don't know if I like the idea of him being a drug addict. No, I don't like I that do, either. If that's the way he finds Chud, I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, you just know that Pennywise will use a bunch of jokes about that when he's an adult. Right. So. Yeah, for sure. Maybe they, sh- you know, he's like, hey, Mike, I got this needle here. You know what I mean? Like, they can play with that as much as they want. But yeah, if that gets them a more quote unquote realistic way of getting to the ritual, mm-hmm. then I understand a little bit more. But I just wish they would have, I don't know, changed something about that ending. I was, I actually really liked the part where Pennywise was Georgie. Oh, yeah. I thought that that was good. I like that talk between them because that was almost like closure for Bill. What I didn't like (laughs) about that scene was when he fucking bolts him in the face. They tried to make it play off like that might have actually been Georgie. Right. And it's like, come on, you don't have to do this. We're not idiots in the audience. Like, let's just get to it. Right. That's that's been done a million times before. You know, why do it? You know what I just thought? I think I just figured out how they bring Henry back. I have an idea for that, too, so I would like to hear yours. Go ahead. Okay, so this is what I think. You know, at the end, how he, like, goes down that tunnel, and I even think they said something like, oh, now you can't have anything to eat for all this time or whatever. Right. So I think that he just sits there, and he feeds off of Henry, because Henry fell down the well, too, right? I We need to talk about that, because I'm still super pissed about that. <laughs> yes, I am, too, but I am, unless... What I just thought right. is correct. Okay. <laughs> because if what I think will happen is that, okay, so they'll meet down there and somehow he'll still be alive. You know, he'll have like a broken whatever or something. Pennywise is just going to keep him alive and feed off of his fear and feed off of him until he's ready to come back. So for 27 then, years? <laughs> yeah. What if? <laughs> I mean, what hey, if? that would be torture. You know, you're like, you're in solita- solitary confinement for 27 years, and the whole time you're trapped with a killer clown. <laughs> I mean, it plays on the idea that he goes insane. It does. You might be absolutely right. I am, dude. I, I don't know. Somebody is going to have to pay me something. Well, look, this show is going to go everywhere, and I'm sure the writers <laughs> are going to listen. So, <laughs> Hit me up, writers. I'll take a credit. I honestly thought... Or I honestly think, actually, I like your idea, but I honestly think it's going to be even worse than that. What I think, and I don't mean worse as in, like, worse torture. I think it's going Mm -hmm. to be a very, like, who gives a shit thing. Yeah. First of all, I was fine with that fight. It gave Mike a little bit extra whatever. Yeah. He hit the side of that well so hard and fell down so far (laughs) that no matter what, he has to have died. Yeah, I agree. Unless so... Because at that point when he falls, technically Pennywise is kind of at full capacity. Mm, right. What I imagine it is he falls down the well. Pennywise uses his powers to make him float down or whatever or catches him, like maybe even literally catches him. Oh, okay. He goes, you know, whatever creepy way he's going to say it, he just be like, hey. Well, first of all, he's he's going to freak him out, obviously. He's going to you know mess with his mind the same way as in the book. But he catches him and basically says, I'm going to go kill these motherfuckers. You're going to take the blame. Go right uh, now. You know what I mean? Like, I could see him setting up that whole part where he basically saves his life. His hair turns white. He's completely, you know, he's scared almost to death. And that's what leads him out. And then he takes credit for all the deaths of the kids and all that kind of stuff. But it's going to be a throwaway scene. 
and right. that's kind of dumb. So I do hope well, that it's something around what you said. Yeah, me too. Because that would suck if that's what you said. I know. If what you said happens, ah. I see Hollywood doing stupid shit like that. Yeah, me too. I mean, because think about it. Why would they do that whole scene? Like, he doesn't even show up with his buddies. And he's right. supposed to because Pennywise rips them apart. And that's what scares, you know, basically yeah. scares him to death almost. And that's yeah. when he's rambling and he leaves. Why didn't they do that? He just shows up alone. And then they get rid of him, basically. And then at the end of the movie, there's not even anyone who takes credit for the killing. So really, the town's even more fucked up. Because you would at least think, and I had this conversation with Kelly, I think the town still needs a reason. Well, and then nobody's caught, which means that the parents don't have any closure. So then they start freaking out, right? And then they move away. That's naturally what would happen. Yeah. You know, shit like that. If there was a killer that is fucking, like killed all these people and all of a sudden it's like well we don't have any closure right you know i listen to a lot of murder podcasts and people fucking it ruins their lives <laughs> you know <laughs> i would think so but yeah i and that's the unfortunate part is since they never addressed that they did say also it's going to be the adults in the sequel but they're also going to still be doing flashbacks mm. so okay. i still see them doing these random flashbacks where you know mike's talking to everyone And he goes, oh, you guys weren't here or you guys forgot, you know, Bev went to Portland, whatever. As soon as you guys left, Henry Bowers showed up and, you know, people were okay because he confessed to the crime. Like, you see what I mean? Like, I don't see them putting Mm -hmm. any effort into it. I see it as being like, hey, we're just that happened and who cares? Okay, how is this for an idea of how it works out, especially with the flashbacks? Okay, okay. So. Henry Bowers, all of a sudden, like, there's a flashback. Maybe that's how the movie opens. Mm-hmm. And he, like, crawls out of the tunnel, and it's still 19-whatever, you yep. know? And then he goes home, takes a nap, and then all of a sudden, like, cops are there. And they're going, oh, what the fuck? You know, we found this girl's underwear and this kid's shoe, and then we found this and this and this. And you're blamed for it. And then there's also these other— And his dead dad. And his dead dad, yeah. <laughs> and But then it also cuts back into these scenes where— Instead of just feeding off of his fear, Pennywise is also befriending him, right? Because he's like, that's a part of this. the adult story is like, Pennywise is like, yeah, dude, we're cool. Yeah. Like, you're going to help me do this shit. Right. And like, you're going to be justified and vil- or, and <clears throat> not vilified, <clears throat> but you're going to be, you know, you're going to be. Uh, you're going to get revenge. Right. And as they're like going throughout this tunnel thing where he's just like feeding off of him, <laughs> maybe that's how he like doesn't feed off of him for 27 years but he always has somebody to like come to or something i don't know no that's that's not bad because look by having mike you know do the actual whatever you want to call it harming of of bowers whatever Uh it deepens their rift it deepens that whole thing so now bowers has something to hold against mike besides the color of his skin Right. So now that would make sense later on when they're adults that he really is going after Mike. And the reason why Mike will get taken out, not killed maybe, but taken out so that, you know, he's not there at the end the same way the book has it. Right. So that is a possibility. Look, I would, like I said, I would like your idea way more. (laughs) It's just they really made it seem like he died and never showed anything to have you think otherwise. Yeah, he fell fucking hard. <laughs> really fucking hard. <laughs> really, really yeah, hard. Yeah, there wasn't anything like, almost like I could have seen them doing actually what Pennywise did 
at the end where he's holding on to the well and yeah. Mike goes to help him. And he's like, I wouldn't take the hand of your of you. I'd rather fall to my death. And, you know, he just kind of like, let's go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, I was actually kind of surprised that they didn't do that. Instead, it looked like he fucking died. Yeah. Like he just. <laughs> I remember because Tyler was like two seats down from me. And I'm pretty sure he audibly went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. There are little things like that. Them. So like, why, why did you do it that way? And maybe they will make up for it and it'll be really great and we'll still love the story. It's just, that's yeah. always the kind of thing that you question. It's just like, why do that? Yeah. But we're worrying, you know, like two years out. Yes, that's, that's true. Well, look, they got to get filming because those kids are growing. Right. Like they can't have too much of a difference. Unless their yeah. flashbacks are going to be to when they don't remember things and they show them like leaving at different points. Oh, yeah. Like imagine Ben in high school, like fucking with his coach, you know? Yeah. That fucks with him in the book. I would like to see that. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with the sequel. I thought it was also interesting that we all assumed there was going to be a sequel, but they actually didn't confirm it until it made a fuck ton of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> Smart. It's yeah. fucking smart. It's very smart. But think about it this way. And I will tell you this, another thing. I thought this theater was actually really interesting with everything that went on in there. I was watching other people at some points. Yeah. At the end, when they said, you know, when the screen came up and it said part one. <laughs> yeah. There was another, and I will say it probably for 75% of the audience. 75% of the audience goes, huh? Like they did <laughs> not know that there was another part of that movie. Wow. So they could have, and I do believe this, even though the ending was a little iffy, that right there could have been a standalone movie. There is no reason to think Pennywise was not dead. Oh, yeah, totally. It actually was very cool. As he's breaking apart, the last word he says is fear. Oh, yeah, yeah. That could just be like, hey, he's instilling something in these kids or on the world that will yep. be his way of haunting, but he's actually dead. And now they're going to move on to be adults. They even mention that they've started to forget. Oh, yeah. That was actually really smart, I thought. Yeah, me too. I like that they did that. I didn't like that they cut to two weeks later. No, neither did I. <laughs> but, but but the actual idea that they started to forget, I'm completely fine with. Look, I like the blood pact, even though I thought that whole scene lasted way longer than it needed to be, where he was cutting everyone's hands. Mm -hmm. I thought that was more graphic than the things we've been talking about. I was like, why right. Why are they spending so much time doing this? So yep. when they did that, I actually did like, even though I was surprised they didn't just have Bill and Bev as boyfriend and girlfriend, which they are in the book and in the miniseries, I was surprised mm -hmm. they didn't go full on with that. But I did like when they kissed that she left her yeah. hand on his face and let the blood smear. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that's a very cool visual. Except... There would have been more blood, and it would have looked more like a hand. I will say that. The, the, the makeup <laughs> kind of failed in that regard. That is true. That is true. But, but in I, general. I think, too, that they did allude to the orgy scene because and maybe it was just me trying to read into something, but she goes, and, like, she talks about it kind of, like, as a dream, like, and then we did that, like, that weird thing down there. Like, I think it was a dream. Or something, but they it, it almost like like they're alluding to the fact that hey, like I had this dream that we all fucked down there. <laughs> I guess 
<laughs> I, I think I'm going to have to watch that scene again when I get it. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just sitting there going, oh, I wish they would have. Because I thought it was only Stan. <laughs> I'm a pervert. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always, always. <laughs> I thought it was Stan that brought that stuff up. I don't remember. Maybe it was. Yeah, I don't remember her saying it. But here's also the thing, though, too. Even if they forgot enough about it, that was a first kiss between right. the two. And actually, their second kiss of all time. So that's the only reason. If I think they would have made that more, I don't know, they would have done that differently if yeah. they were alluding to that they had had sex. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I was just wanting to give them the benefit of the doubt. You were very hopeful. Let me put. Uh, let me say one thing that I loved about it. Yes. I think visually, this movie was fucking incredible. Yes. I think even the use of like the yellow and red that they like just colored the movie with. Yep. It was just fucking brilliant. Right. And I gotta say, I know that he could be creepy because he's just a clown or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure what they did is they tracked his head separately from his body. And the way that his head just naturally wouldn't move with his body mm -hmm. or it moves too much compared to his body. I thought that that was so visually creepy. And so it's like, it's like one of the number one things people are afraid of about snakes is how they move. True. Right. Yep. And so like the way they, they made Pennywise actually move his body was fucking brilliant. Yes. Besides the ring shit. I was yeah. completely fine yeah. with all that stuff. Look, I also liked that he drools yeah. and he tries to stop himself. Mm -hmm. And that eye thing. Yeah, little touches like that, right? Yep. It was, I mean, it was, it was really fucking spot on. The whole feeling of the town, like that felt like dairy to me. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally, it was like, yeah, it, it felt like my, my hometown. Maybe not exactly my hometown, but yeah. like the town over. You know, especially like where the movie theater is. Right. Like it felt like Main Street in Richfield, Utah to me. It felt you know? like where Stranger Things was shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it had that kind of feeling. This is a small, quaint town that could easily be your town. And mm -hmm. it just looked right, but it had an air around it too that was ominous. Yeah, that, that yellow red glow. Yeah. That was just on everything. God damn, that was fucking brilliant. There are lots of things I really liked in this movie. I think we've talked about some of them for sure. We've, we have focused on things that are different from the book. But also, yeah. when they went to the house on Niebold Street, and even though I didn't necessarily like you know who went in sometimes because that's not really how it works either, but yeah. even though they <laughs> ruined it on the trailer, I uh -huh. still love the scene where Richie and Bill are trying to get out and they're the three doors. And it's like oh, very yeah. scary, scary, and not at all scary. Uh -huh. They're just kids. So, of course, they're going to go in the door that says not at all scary. <laughs> yeah. It's so perfect. Like I, It was very Scooby-Doo meets fucking like Texas Chainsaw it, Massacre. Right. Well, because when they <laughs> open it, isn't it like half of Betty Ripscomb's or Betty Rip, Ripscomb? Is that how you say it? Something yeah, like yeah that. I think it's Ripscomb. Yeah. It's like half of her body and she's hanging. Yeah. So, obviously, that was more scary. Than not scary at all. But and then I they love have to that. run through her. They end up closing the door and then being like, that's not real. You know, we don't have to be afraid of this. And when they opened it, oh, yeah, that she was, was it. gone. Yeah, yeah. I like things like that. I like the way it was shot. I'm okay justifying a lot. I thought the kids did a fucking great job. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, they, I think the cast was amazing. Yeah, there's no one I can complain about in that cast. No. 
I think too, there was one part that it like, it stands out to me because I just felt like it didn't fit, Okay. but I still thought it was so good. <laughs> and it, it's, it's a goofy good, like, uh, the leper, right? Right. The leper looked like, it looked like off of Paranorman. Did you ever watch that movie? Oh, I got like you. Like the See, claymation. Yeah, right, right, right. It looked like. I thought they were trying more for a zombie angle, even though it is a leper. Right. I thought they were trying to make it more zombie because that's kind of what people now would be like, oh, we get it. Right, but it looked like a cartoon is kind of what I'm saying. No, that's true. You know, like with the big club foot and shit like that. <laughs> right. Like, it looked like something out of Scooby-Doo or Paranorman. Right. And I, I thought it like, I remember looking at it and being like, that is the goofiest fucking thing. Like, it's not scary. <laughs> it's just goofy. But it it worked so well to me anyways. I was like, that's fucking amazing. Visually stunning. Yeah, because Eddie would be really scared of that. Right. So it works out perfectly. Right. It was just, oh, God, I, it was so good. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie, man. I did too. I, I know it seems like when we're going off on tangents, we're laughing, we're talking about serious stuff as well. When we really focus on, because what are people going to listen to this part for? Like the first part we did with Kelly, we went scene by scene basically. Right. So this is talking about more what's different storyline wise. So yes. you focus more because you know, obviously, hey, there's a loser's club. They didn't change anyone's name. They didn't change, you know, the person. We go through that. But yeah, the movie is good. And that's why you have it at like an 85, I have it at a 75. The only reason why I have it at a 75 is because that end scene, I think, is very goofy. Yeah. Not in a good way. Yeah. I, I Yeah. Yeah, the whole, you know, ring girl Pennywise. I'm just not a fan of that. <laughs> See, that I can get over almost everything but the baseball bat thing. That was really tough. <laughs> I can even get over them taking Bev. Yeah. But I don't know. I just... They kind of missed the mark on the ending for me, but I still think it was great. And I mean, if it was that or the way they ended, like if they did a the way they okay, let me rephrase this okay. <laughs> or just phrase it, period. <laughs> if they would have done the ending of this movie in a similar fashion to the way they ended the Dark Tower movie, mm -hmm. it would have totally ruined the movie for me. And I couldn't even have told you that I liked it. Right. Because of the contrast of how bad that would have been to how good it really actually was, you know? Right. So I, I can deal with the poor ending as long as it wasn't that bad. You know what yes. I mean? <laughs> right, right. They do set it up. So if this movie hadn't made enough money, this would have been a standalone. But because right. it blew everything fucking out of the water, now they're going to make that sequel, which should link everything together. So a lot of our complaints or just general theories and observations of this movie might not even matter because they right. might have some other way that they're going to work it around. It's just, it comes back to that whole thing is why did they do this? Let's talk about why. And then mm -hmm. we go from there. And that's what we're doing. So I'm completely fine with that. I think it's awesome that it made so much money and not because I like to also like popular things because most of the time that isn't how I work. But yeah. I like that a hard R-rated horror movie did so fucking well. It's the same as why I'm so happy with Deadpool and Logan. Because they were hard R-rated movies that made a shit ton of money that people loved. So right. right now, literally without even knowing it, are sending a message to Hollywood saying, we want R-rated horror movies that don't have shit stories and we will go out in droves and see them. Right. That's what I'm hoping yeah. for. I'm hoping people aren't just saying like, oh, well, this was a technical reboot. 
so people should still continue doing reboots. I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping yeah. more it's like, hey, people can fucking handle an R-rated horror movie. We don't have to dumb things down and make it PG-13 for more people to see it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what trailers you saw, but that fucking friend request bullshit and Polaroid, those are all <laughs> the shitty, shitty yeah. horror movies that we don't need anymore. Like, we need Even stuff like this. Jigsaw. It's like, do you really need another fucking Saw movie? They told us forever ago that that was done. It should be. I don't like should torture porn. should have been done at the second one. Yeah. I don't like fucking torture porn. I think it's dumb. Yeah, well, it was just fucking gross, man. Yeah, why do all those like, not even like gross? I'm just talking about, like, psychologically gross, you know? Yeah. Like, the people who do love those movies, I think everybody I knew growing up that really loved those movies... They all ended up being kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's a possibility. It absolutely is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not going to take away people's taste from them. I like a lot of weird shit. But it's just like, storyline-wise, it's not even good. First of yeah. all, I don't want to watch it. Second of all, I mean, you're not even giving me anything to watch because it's dumb. That's another thing, Kay, with, with horror movies. Mm-hmm. I would say that it's not all that I'm just a bitch when it comes to horror movies. Yeah. Most of it is because the horror movie story sucks right they're comparable to fucking porn dude well that's why some of them are called torture porn yeah well and not even like the torturous ones but like the grudge oh that, so that shitty fucking story sucks right. man most of them you know, do. or the hills have eyes I, that that story fucking sucked hostile fucking yeah sucks. hostile yeah it's fucking terrible is torture porn it's yeah but i mean like even the acting is like porn actors you know uh, they're just right. shitty actors right I love horror movies. I love what are supposed to be scary movies, but I'm very, very picky. And when one comes along, that's really good. Like for me, I'm going to put it now on that list of very good horror movies. And I know some people are saying it's their favorite horror movie and that's fine for them. You know, it's a very good horror movie. That's fine. Something like It Follows. That's a great horror movie. Mm, I didn't watch that. That's a good one. Actually, besides the look of some things, do you know what the concept of that is? No, uh, no, I don't. All right, not to go too far in tangent again, but this was yeah. actually a fucking original idea. It's a simple movie where you, first of all, you don't know what time, space, or whatever that it's taking place in. Like, you don't okay. know. It's almost like it's an alternate universe. It's just the way it's shot. It's really well done that way. But basically, you don't know what's going on at the beginning. When you have sex with the person, they transfer a ghost to you they basically transfer a curse (laughs) yeah they transfer a curse to you and this curse is in the form of a ghost that can take the form of anything at once and it can only walk towards you it can't run it only walks towards you and only you can see it and does it ever catch you yes if if you (laughs) if you stop and once it catches you you are permanently dead and it's a gruesome gruesome death that they don't even show (laughs) And guess what happens? What? If I had sex with a girl. Oh, I wish. If I had sex with a girl. <laughs> and, and let's say I had the curse. Uh-huh. I pass it on to her. She now is haunted by the demon. I am no longer haunted by it. But okay. if it catches her, it then comes after me. And if it gets oh, me, wow. it comes after the person that gave it to me. It's a really <laughs> amazing concept. The acting is great. The storyline makes sense, except for the ending's a little iffy. But it's a great new idea, a new, fresh idea on a horror movie. 
I gotta say though, I don't think it is a fresh idea. Oh. I think that they're just describing sex. You have a kid, right? <laughs> now, yeah, it slowly, it slowly sucks at you and drains yeah. the life from your body. <laughs> one one parent dies, it goes to the other one. Both parents die, usually goes to the grandparents, right? Holy shit. I wish I had thought of this when I did this movie on my <laughs> podcast. <laughs> uh, Gray the idea, man. That's what they yeah. call you. Babies are just like ghosts that you get through your penis. <laughs> All right. That's the quote. That is, I don't know if we can do better than that. That's the quote of the episode. Except I should have said through your vagina. Then it would have made sense. You don't get a baby through your penis. I mean. Maybe it comes out of your penis, but you don't get it hey, into you through your penis. Tango, it takes two. <laughs> it takes two. <laughs> oh fuck man inside joke that i wish more people would get but yeah youtube guys yeah just youtube it, it look it up i'll <laughs> probably link that actually to be quite honest yeah you should i fucking love that i love i love what you just said by the way but like that is at least relatively original idea so no i'm totally joking that actually sounds like a really good story like you could you could write that really well you might want to check that movie out if you get a chance it's probably in the past 10 years it's one of the best horror movies and that's the thing when you say 10 years i can probably pick out five movies mm. horror related that i would say are the best because the genre fucking sucks now because you have paranormal yeah. activities and ouija and the fucking conjuring and annabelle right. and all this fucking dumb bullshit that isn't scary and it's just jump scares. There's no storyline to it. The Conjuring, I guess, had a little bit more of a story because it's based on true events that literally there were people that did paranormal investigations. So <laughs> that's at least something. But that's why I'm really happy that this movie did so well. Not because you have all the bandwagon jumpers, you know, coming on saying, I've loved it for forever and they haven't read the book. Right. That is interesting. Like alternative press talks about it. Why? <laughs> Focus on your shitty music that you talk about. Like it's a little weird in that case that everyone. It's the is same about reason it. why people always reference Big Brother, but they never read the fucking book. Oh right, so you mean like 1984 and shit. Yeah, and Animal That's probably Farm. Probably one of my biggest pet peeves ever. <laughs> people sit there and talk about Big Brother. Yep. And I go, if you only fucking knew, you idiot. If they started doing double speak, dude, I think that they they do do. <laughs> I don't mean to go on another tangent. <laughs> But I think that 1984, it, though it is a science fiction novel, it is fucking real life to a T. Yeah, I agree. And, but uh, and what I'm talking about, too, when people I say like people either look at it one of two ways if they haven't read the book. Mm -hmm. They either say Big Brother isn't a thing because the nobody's watching you really who's gonna watch you or they say big brother is watching you i mean like look at the fucking camera on your phone man <laughs> and what they don't get is they're not talking about people like you and me the proletariat are too busy with porn and alcohol and sex and drugs and all this kind of shit right. in their own life the people that they're talking about in this book or that he's talking about in this book they're low-level government employees people that don't have power mm -hmm. but they have information Right. information that could fuck things up for everybody right that's real that, i mean i'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist because i'm really not right but it's just like you look around i mean double think yes I, it, it fucking happens yes you know like <laughs> it absolutely does double think exists right now yep but you don't you you know it but you don't and you kind of do but 
it's always been that way, but weren't we just with fighting these guys? Oh wait, now they're our allies, mm-hmm. you know, and it fucking exists today. Or no, it's it's double think, new speak, new speak. I mean, just look at new speak. Yes, fucking Antifa, Antifa, Antifa. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Anti-fascist. Right. But they act like fascists. Exactly. No, but we're anti-fascist. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get political. Even I'm just talking about like, hey, dude, read the book. It's kind of happening. What I always took from that book too was that it's not the top top government level people that are watching you. It's actually the people around you that are watching you. I have to worry about like you. Like I have to worry when I'm out that you're not filming on your stupid phone and that you're going to snitch on me. Right. That's the probably one of the biggest things about 1984 that's true right now is that's what everyone does. Everyone snitches on everyone else. It's not the cops. It's not anyone higher than that. It's not the FBI. It's not the CIA. It's not any of that kind of stuff. It's just regular people telling narking snitching on other people right but the the the, i think the the one thing though that like that trips people up is it's really i mean that's how it is on an individual basis like between you and i that is how it is right but i think what the book is more referencing is like as long as that keeps happening as long as you and i snitch on each other and as long as everybody's worried about a fucking dead gorilla and as long as everybody's worried about who said something bad at a rally or a, at a speech or something like that. Mm-hmm. As long as people are sitting there focusing on all that stupid bullshit that's on the TV and it's not happening with the people that actually have information, like fucking look at Snowden, right? Right. Like get him out of here. Okay. Let's not talk about him as much as we can, you know, like 1984 when big brothers watching, they're watching people like fucking Snowden. Right. And it just so happens ironically that what he was saying was, Hey, this is existing. Right. <laughs> like this, this does exist. And then Big Brother fucking tried, or was they could have snuffed him out. Yeah, they could have taken him, and then I don't know, like Walter in the book. You know, they could have done that to him. Gotcha. Not literally, but well, or they could literally, but yeah, they wouldn't have. Right. But he could be in prison right now. That's very true. And that I'm not even talking about if you agree with the guy or not. I'm just saying that exists. No, for sure, man. We went from talking about it at the very beginning to somehow talking about 1984. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good fucking book. Yeah. What a transition. I may have turned a bunch of people off of ever reading it, though. No, everyone loves it. <laughs> Isn't everyone forced to read it anyways? They should be. Maybe not forced to. I was technically forced to when I was a kid, but I loved it. So I, I think that's how it happens all the time, Who really. Who should read it? School. Oh, they made you? Yeah. I'm sure I was probably supposed to have read it, but I never did. That's the one good thing I can ever say about my education was there were times where I was forced to read books that I never would have sought out when I was that age that I actually really, truly loved and got me into more books. That's the only thing. I can't even really talk about anything else. There's a bunch of them. There's 1984, Fahrenheit 451, A Prayer for Owen Meany. Where the Red Fern Grows, Crime and Punishment. Like, there are some of the classics that I wouldn't have searched out, but I got a chance to because of that. See, I'm kind of glad I was such a fucked up student (laughs) because I found these books, like, as an adult. Yeah. Like, when I'm actually, like, kind of trying to figure out this fucking life thing. Right. (laughs) And when it matters and to where I can, like, look at it, like, objectively as a person and not just somebody, like, 
1984 is like it's a story and I got to write a book report, but it doesn't really affect my life. You know, it can, it can it can stay a science fiction novel when you read it as a kid. Right. But read it as an adult, you know, read Animal Farm. Yeah. Fuck, read Animal Farm. Anybody. I might read Animal Farm and Catcher in the Rye again. I think. Yeah, I might, too. I mean, yeah. I read Animal Farm in like a three hour session on my porch. I, I like could not put that fucking book down. You know what other book? That I, and once again, I say force, but it's just because it was a school assignment or whatever. Right. I loved Flowers for Algernon. I've never read that. That is a damn fucking good book. Okay. It's about a mentally challenged person who goes through a science experiment and it makes him extremely smart, like a genius. Wow. The question that the book raises is, is it better to actually not be intelligent in the world we live in? It's funny. I just had this conversation 30 minutes before you got here. Oh. I was having a conversation <laughs> with my friend's girlfriend. She was out in the parking lot waiting to pick him up. Mm -hmm. And I was just outside having a cigarette. And I talked to her for like 30 minutes about this exact same thing. When I was a kid, the only I can only remember two books that I've ever hated. What's that? Girl with the Pearl Earring or Girl with the Pearl Necklace. Whatever the fuck. <laughs> Sounds sexy. Wait, wait. That's what I, I, <laughs> I think that was a porn that I watched once. It's Girl... <laughs> Girl with the Pearl Earring, I believe, is so Okay. And then... The, the book didn't translate very well into the movie? It did not. I, I preferred the movie, for sure. Uh, Writing-wise was still pretty bad. <laughs> I would say... And also, My Antonia. Those were the two books that I will always hate. But really, I don't have a list greater than that. And I think that's pretty good. I just tried to read one the other day because my coworker asked me to. Mm -hmm. It was a book called... Uh, the alabaster girl never heard of it and dude it was like the guy ended every sentence with milady it oh. was just this I'm, I'm pretty sure the dude like did you ever watch that show on i think it was like vh1 or something it was like pickup artist with this dude named mystery someone fucking brought that up to me like three weeks ago and i never heard about it and they were like you should go back and look on youtube dude it's so <laughs> fucking cringy but i imagine <laughs> that guy wrote this book he goes on to this like the world's worst poem about how women are beauty and all <laughs> beauty is like women are everything beautiful and oh he, he correlates beauty with truth because we only like to look at beautiful things so we only search for the truth so the maximum truth is women's beauty wow and i was like Blah! Yeah. Oh my god, dude! That's a little shave your neck. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! At least he didn't end every line with my bevy. Right, <laughs> dude. That book fucking sucked. I, I didn't even. I got fifteen pages into it, and yeah. I was like, I can't fucking read this, man. Every I once refused. in a while, yeah. That I couldn't read. I couldn't read the Scarlet Letter. I tried. I didn't mind that as much. I had to read that as a kid. I didn't mind. It wasn't the story. It was just how it was written. Right. I didn't enjoy it. Um, the Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Fuck, that was a boring book. Yeah, it was. That's true. I'm trying to read The Communist Manifesto just because I uh, everybody's talking about it, right? I have not read it. Uh, everybody just keeps... Well, I mean, communism is like this <laughs> thing that just everybody wants to join in on again. I guess so. So I'm like, okay, what's this really about? It's a cool and thing. And so... I'm trying to read it, and fuck, I hate that. Is it really bad? <laughs> I, well, it's just like I, I understand what he's saying, but it's like you know, if you asked 
two more questions with everything that you're proposing. Mm-hmm. Like you'd understand why it sucks. I don't know. That's my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't read it. I can't give any opinion on that one. I'm, I mean, I'm all for everybody having their own opinion, but I think communism is, <laughs> I, I'm getting, I keep getting political <laughs> with this shit, especially when it comes to books. We'll do Ian can't read politics. <laughs> right. <laughs> How about what would it be? Cause it's usually things that you love, right? So I'll start a podcast. Ian loves politics. <laughs> right. So it, for me, it would be, um, gray hates individualism. <laughs> How about go. that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or gray hates democracy. There you go. And then you just talk about how you don't like communism. <laughs> or gray hates, um, <laughs> I, I, I can't say stuff and people are going to get too pissed and not even want to hear me again. They'll be like, it does happen. You not to have me on your show. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I don't care. <laughs> right. Oh, fuck. I'm just trying to think. Let's, let's skew right back and just make sure we didn't miss anything. Is yeah, there, sorry, I keep going off. There's no apology. Is there anything though that you wanted to bring up about the movie that we didn't get a chance to talk about? Oh, I'm sure I'm going to think of something the next day, you know, just like I did last time where I go, no, actually the best movie adaptation was probably Fight Club. Right, right. Um, (laughs) uh, There was one thing I did want to cover and I kind of did already, but have you seen the Babadook? No, but I have it on my list because I heard that's a great horror movie. I I haven't seen it. I really had no intention to, but I keep seeing this meme that like it or pennywise is gay with the babadook okay all right and uh i just and people feel free to fact check me because i'm not totally positive but i'm pretty sure pennywise is a girl and it's revealed as such so i think isn't pennywise well i i remember what you're talking about but isn't pennywise just like like almost i know it's 2017 so maybe we can just use this word isn't pennywise like gender fluid Ooh, <laughs> like is it? It's a being, right? It's not like it's fucking anything. Like you know what I mean? Like it's not. But it does give birth, doesn't it? Yes, it lays eggs, which means it technically would be a girl, <laughs> right? So technically, and I'm not really worried about the gender of a fucking made-up killer clown, interdimensional demon thing. But I was just. I'm, I'm sure just trying are. to. Uh, <laughs> sure, there are. <laughs> right. I, I'm not. I'm not fucking worried about it. Yeah, I mean, even if it was a real killer clown, I wouldn't be worried about the gender of the killer clown. That's not my thing. Even though I just said that I don't like communism or anything like that, I'm not against. I'm not against, quote unquote, progressive ideas. I'm not. Damn, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else? I, I don't know. I last. Last, just to reiterate, I think it was visually stunning and beautiful. Yeah. Like, it was just... That's probably my my best compliment of the movie, is just how good it looked. Right. It had that 80s feel, but an ominous 80s horror movie feel without the campiness until the end, obviously. But, yes, I, (laughs) I enjoy the movie. I would recommend this movie to anyone, whether you've read the book or not. But then I would also say... If you didn't read the book, if for some reason you're listening just because, once again, you just want to hear us talk, I would also still recommend that you go read the book. Right. For sure. And look, I even like the miniseries. So I would say, hey, go ahead and watch that too if you're just waiting for the Blu-ray to come out. Because look, I'm going to buy this on Blu-ray and watch it again for sure. Because I think also 
I'm interested to see because I've seen some smattering of people talk about deleted scenes and an alternate ending. Mm. So I would like to see what they decided to cut from the movie and if they had a different direction that we might have even liked more. Yeah, I should have also, I normally do this with movies I watch, but I read like the IMDb trivia. Oh, sure. And I should have done that before this. That would have been interesting just to a deeper insight of like, you know, maybe they even describe what the key means in there. Who knows? So for one thing, any movie that I'm doing on Ian Hates Movies, I don't read any reviews. I don't watch any reviews. And I try not to read anything about it. The only thing that I see is the Rotten Tomatoes score. And that doesn't change my opinion on a movie because normally I already have like the Kingsman right now doesn't have a good rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I guess that when I saw the trailer, of course, it's not going to have a good rating. It looks like shit. Like, of (laughs) course, it's dumb action movie shit. So I understand that. I was surprised at how high its rating was originally. And it has come down, by the way. Or what was it? It was originally like 92%. Oh, wow. Now it's 85%. So it's actually what you chose. Yeah. Look at me. Look at me. King of the castle. If I had a prize, I would give it to you. (laughs) Okay. Hey, we'll just have to do this again. No, for sure. We just have to think about what the next movie is going to be. Right. Hopefully it's based off a book, though. Yeah, I do enjoy that. Well, dude, I think that we have said enough. We might not have said enough. I don't know. It's possible. Someone's going to start emailing me at some point and go, why didn't you bring up this? I know. We can't do everything. Yeah. Gray, thank you so much for coming on the show again. This was absolutely awesome, just like every time you're on the show. Once again, and I've said this many times, but I am going to put links in the description of this episode so that people can support you and Charlatan. For now, though, is there any other way that people can support you? You know, always check out our music. That's that's always number one. But uh, I'm going to actually give a shout out for Heath. He just started a new company called Top Coat Media where he does. So like if you're in a band and you're looking for like design or videos or lyric videos or any of that shit heath is really fucking on top of his game i would check out his company uh top coat media yeah i'll put links for that on there too yeah i mean right now that would help us too because uh you know we're just we're still fucking chugging along man yeah no that's awesome man i appreciate it man this is i always have a blast fucking on this podcast it's fucking fun (laughs) Me too. I think people hear it when we talk. Like, it just flows. Like, there's never a downtime. There's never anything like that. It's just, bam. Like, I seriously wish it's just too bad you don't have the time and like all of that music as well. So you could just do the music for the show with me. (laughs) Well, hey, man, if you ever do need a, you know, a last minute guest spot. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I would totally be more than happy to come on again. For that anything, would be a lot really. of fun. We can just delve into like tons of different stuff in your life. Yeah, we could have just a hateful conversation. And really, that means yeah, a man. loving conversation. Right. So it works out perfectly. See, that's how he gets you. Yeah. It's, uh, you think it's going one <laughs> way, and bam, I'm going off another way. It's just the way it works. So great. Yeah. Once again, it's so funny. I wish I could tell people even what time it is right now. I still, though, feel amped up. I thought... When I first talked to you right before we even started the show, I was like, holy shit, Gray, I am worn the fuck out. 
I just got <laughs> just got the music show all edited and done. And I just put it out there and I was like, wow, this is going to be rough. And it absolutely wasn't because I can just talk for forever when we're talking movies and books and shit. Fuck yeah, man. Absolutely. This is one day I'll have to see your face, see what the fuck you even look like. Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> the amount yeah. of times people I mean... have said that, like, it's really funny. I should put I just started a Patreon account. And I should just uh-huh. make that one of the tiers. Like, hey, do you want a, a signed picture of Ian? Like, donate five bucks, and I'll fucking do it. It's just... How about even a Snapchat? People would do it. Damn it! I like what the fuck do you look like? Man? I hate all that shit. I don't know why. That's yeah. why. Like, even if people wanted TV, like if people want YouTube videos and stuff, I just prefer a microphone and talking. Like, I don't want people to look. I don't know. I'm not that center of attention person. I just like to talk. Mm. That's all. And Kelly keeps on telling me, she's like, you need to take promo pictures for this shit because you'll get women to listen to the show. Well, I was like, yeah, that's, that's fucking really nice of you, Kelly, but I still don't want to fucking do it. Yeah. So Uh, do your thing, man. You're killing it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And you are too. I, like I said, I say this to you all the time, and I tell people on the show as well. I still listen to Remarkable. (laughs) I still listen. That's going to be on my top albums of 2017. Fuck yeah. Yeah. And that's That's all I ever want to hear, man. I just, you know, just like I'm sure you you like it when people enjoy the shit that you work hard on, you know, like exactly it, even though. We've talked many times. It's it's always nice to hear, even from a friend, that they enjoy what you do, you know? Yeah, man. And I'm not kidding. You know I don't blow smoke up your ass for your music and stuff. I really love it. And we are today, even though I'm going to do a separate, you know, exit kind of thing, uh, you know, an outro for this, we are leaving with that track. Oh, fuck yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. And once again, I'll have links in the description. So hopefully everyone is seeing how cool of a guy you are and then also goes to check out the music. That's the hope of this anyways. So yeah, I I appreciate that a lot, man, because like I said, I could just have this conversation regardless, but that definitely helps. And like we like always, you know, we'll share it and stuff too. I kind of, I kind of deleted my Facebook. <laughs> Technic, not really technically, but I, like we can talk on Messenger. But you're right, I haven't seen you post anything. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm just fucking kind of sick of it at the moment. So, but <laughs> everything else, and then I'll have Tyler and Heath share it too. So that way, yeah, it's not going out on my Facebook, but I'll have them share it for me. So, oh yeah, man. That's always awesome. Much appreciated. Thank you so much. This was once again so awesome. I hope you have a fucking great night, man. Oh, thank you. You too, man.
All right, everyone, I am back. And the track you just heard was the one we've mentioned multiple times. It's called Severe County Killer. And I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled S-E-V-I-E-R. And I apologize to Gray if I got that fucked up, but it does happen from time to time. And once again, you can find that track on Charlatan's album, Remarkable. Another huge thank you to Gray Sorensen for coming on the show. Remember, you can click all the links in the description of this episode to support him and Charlatan. They really deserve it, especially if you want more episodes like that one. Also, don't forget, you can support all the Ian Hate shows by clicking the other links in the description of this episode. I really enjoyed that. I hope you did too. Can't wait to do another episode with Gray. And really, the only thing left is to say the thing that we didn't say originally, long days and pleasant nights. Thanks, everyone.